0: Greetings, Dr. Beckett. Welcome to the Quantum Leap Podcast.
1: This is Anna Mortegi, and you're listening to the Quantum Leap Podcast. In 1995, theorizing that one could time travel within their own lifetime, Dr. Sam Beckett stepped into the Quantum Leap Accelerator and vanished. After years of attempting to bring him home, the project was abandoned until now.
0: Dr. Ben-Song risked everything when he used the Quantum Leap Accelerator to travel back in time. Now our team's working to find out why. As he leaps between bodies with no memory of who he is, he still has one hope. That his next leap takes him back to the place and people he calls home.
1: just got here, and now you want to leave? Put the suitcases down! You know, Papa warned me about you. He said you were selfish and cold. I didn't believe him. I remember
0: you from when I was little. You were my abuelo, and I was your
1: pequeñita Valentina. I could see in your eyes how much you cared for me. Maybe I was wrong.
2: That's, um, can we just start again? As I'm getting older, it's
1: just- but Papa built this town for all of us. He was your son.
0: And this is how you choose to honor his memory?
2: Sure, you're upset. I get it. But maybe we can start from the beginning.
0: Y'all are listening to the Quantum Leap Podcast. This is episode 119, Salvation or Bust?
2: It has him. Where is he? 1879? Ladies and gentlemen of Salvation, I come before you on behalf of the estimable board of directors for the Southwest Pacific Railroad Company to remind you that the deadline for you to accept their offering of a rather generous, life-changing compensation for your land and property presently draws apace. Who is that guy? Salvation had its heyday during the gold rush, but those days are long gone. This here boomtown's gone bust. I'm to inform you that we have petitioned the governor against the railroad's claim.
3: <laughs>
2: Ain't no sheriff or governor gonna help you out here.
1: Salvation's salvation has already arrived. Oh,
2: no, oh, no. And who, pray tell, is this savior come to deliver y'all?
3: The legendary gunslinger, uh-huh. mi abuelo, Diego de la Cruz. Howdy, stranger.
4: You looking for me? Addison,
2: I'm sorry it took me so long to remember you.
4: I'm sorry I couldn't say anything. Uh, But let's not worry about that right now.
2: Let's figure out what you're here to do so we can get you out of here. Yes, whatever gets me back to you faster. I can't be here to win a gunfight. To jump back in time to kill someone? That feels wrong. Deeply, cosmically wrong. Okay, so who's troubling a power suit? Congresswoman Kavita Adani. She's
4: a member of the project's oversight committee and a rising star in DC. Jen. Why
2: did you not tell us that she was coming? Because I just found
4: out two minutes ago. She just showed up out of nowhere.
2: So what's your price? I won't take your money. And I can't let you hurt these people. I'm sure you dealt with some bad hombres in your past. She you ain't never met one like me. Leave this town while you can. This is going to end badly, isn't it? <sighs> uh,
1: you're not going to like this, Ben.
0: Ziggy says there's an 87% chance you have to duel Josiah McDonough to save the town. Welcome to the Quantum Leap podcast, everyone. I'm Christopher D. Philippus. I'm Alison Pregler.
5: Yes, I know who you are, Alison Pregler from the year (gasps) 2022. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry.
3: Cover blown.
5: (laughs) And I'm Matt Dale. (laughs) Sorry, I've been wanting to do that all day.
3: You
0: scared me a little bit there. Oh, that no, was great.
5: That was the idea. Whoa. That
0: Same was as scary as in
5: the Ben episode. must have felt. Oh, exactly. Really. How, How
3: does he know my name? Well, we've
5: only been podcasting together for like five years, but you know, whatever. <laughs> so today we are obviously... Reviewing the
0: episode Salvation or Bust. It is season one, episode five, and it was all I could do to not come in with the Western accent, but I feel like we already did that for the last gunslinger. So everybody oh, with some
4: Western sure. accents. <laughs> Don't you worry about that.
0: I'll just say that <laughs> you like you know. We didn't want to do the greatest hits. We wanted to make this its own
3: thing. So
4: <laughs> You get same but different. <laughs> this, is the, this is for the sequel series So you gotta do the greatest hits But make it your own
0: <laughs> Alright Okay partners how's that uh, Yeah no I didn't like it the first time I don't like it this time Hey we also have some interviews on this show Woo. We are speaking with Mark McCullough who plays The main bad guy I don't know his name I call him Black Hat I know he had a name in the episode Matt, McDonough what was it, McDonough Mark McCullough, who plays McDonough. McCullough yeah. McDonough. <laughs> That's not going to be confusing at all. <laughs> and Matt and I interviewed Mr. McCullough, and uh, it was a fun time. Mm-hmm. You guys are going to want to stick around for that. That will be coming after the break. So, wow, I can't believe it. Still more interviews to come. We have we're like packed out with interviews. This is insane.
3: <laughs> Everyone so
4: wants many. in on the Quantum Leap podcast. <laughs> We well, got some legitimacy. I don't want to be talking ourselves up too much, but they're uh, they're already talking us up at NBC. So talking us up on the set of the I <laughs> show. How <laughs> is this?
5: How is this Amazing. our life? This is weird.
4: Yeah, I think uh, Albie
0: had relayed this story. He's gotten close to Steve Bralver, the stuntman who he interviewed uh, last week. Right? I think that appeared last week on the After Show for 104. A decent proposal, and. He, Steve, was telling Albie that um, he was on the podcast and he was talking about it with Ray. And Ray was saying, yeah, he was on it and he had such a good time. So they they literally, they're just chatting about us, you know, between takes.
3: (laughs) (laughs) It's just... How cool is that?
5: I I cannot just... It it doesn't compute. I'm sorry. I I can't even. I'm done.
4: (laughs) I just got to say, these are all way cooler people than us so it's pretty darn awesome Yeah, <laughs> that they thought, or, you know, that they're thinking about the podcast. I know,
0: you know, it's it's funny to me because I I thought that maybe maybe we had sort of the benevolent tolerance of Deborah Pratt on our mm-hmm. side, and that's <laughs> but that's about where it begins and ends. You know,
4: it's all Matt. She's like, I'll <laughs> hang around because I love Matt.
0: <laughs> oh, oh I, I'm person. definitely writing Matt's coattails on that yeah, statement.
5: I have no shame about that. But yeah. still,
0: we're
4: friends of Matt Dale, who is friends with Deborah Pratt. Yeah
5: i don't know how that happened either that was brian green that's all brian green and a little book i wrote but it's the two really
0: you're a lovely lovely individual don't sell yourself short it's you you as well because if you were a giant dick like you are to us most (laughs) times you know deborah wouldn't be fooled by you it's true it's true she will learn one day (laughs) so guys we are on the brink of talking about the first genuine period piece in Quantum Leap since the leap between the states, and I want to get some initial impressions. Allison, are you comfortable starting this week, or should I throw right to Matt?
4: Well, firstly, I do want to say, this isn't the first period piece. Every episode's a period piece. Oh, I mean, outside of... I guess outside
0: of of a lifetime, not out of recent history. Oh, yeah, yeah. Thank you for correcting me on that. This is
4: the first time that that they... They've, they've done a true cowboy episode. <laughs> so you're right. They're all period pieces. All right. But first impressions. I don't think of them as period pieces. They, yeah. You know, it's nice uh, when they can get a period piece right when it isn't like that drastically different as this mm. week. But uh, mm. anyway, first impressions, guys. <laughs> Quantum Leap's back, baby. It's back. <laughs> oh, <laughs> got,
5: I'm so ah! glad to hear you say that. This was a rootin' tootin' good time Uh,
4: I love this episode I had so much fun This is my favorite one so far Uh, Genuinely some great moments in it Uh, Yeah, so anyone who (laughs) who thought I was being a big downer last week I'm not going to be a downer this week Hopefully
0: My antenna is this an act? Are you just are you just making nice so no, that people don't no, think you're a big stinker? No, no,
4: it's not stinker? an act. No, people thought <laughs> people didn't like my criticisms. <laughs> I do want to say though, uh, I should have given them more credit uh, for the amount of project time last week because it was very minimal, and I think it's feeling much less intrusive. Um, it was the same this week, so mm. should have given them a little more credit. Um, but yeah, no, genuinely, I really uh, I really love this episode. Yeah. Wow, how about you, Matt?
5: ma'am. That's the other thing I've been waiting all day to say. Um, No, I... I, Yeah, I... (laughs) I was wary about this because I um, we would have talked about this on The Last Gunfighter, uh, so I'll keep this brief, but I do not like traditional Westerns, and I find when sci-fi shows try and do Westerns, 50% of them are good, 50% of them are self-indulgent, childish. Hey, it's a chance to play cowboys and Indians. Um, <laughs> this was in the former category. I, I, I honestly went into this not sure if I was going to love it or hate it, and I loved it. Yes, 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 yes. So I guess it's up to me to pull
0: an Allison this week. <gasps> I am not really sure how I felt oh, about this episode. Stinky,
4: <laughs> Chris. Everyone's going to be so mad at you and they'll be like, why do you have
5: criticisms? I, I love how it's <laughs> now called pulling an Allison, though. Pulling an
0: <laughs> I believe that's well earned. Um, but now, I, I, look, there are many elements of this episode that I liked overall, and I'm not against leaps outside of Ben's lifetime but Mm -hmm. this kind of takes me out of the feeling of quantum leap and it turns quantum leap into more of a generic feeling time travel show to me so I'm not really sure if if it's that part of it that made me iffy on the entire thing because I did genuinely enjoy much of the leap stuff itself it was just the setting kind of took me out of the quantum leap feel and the back at the project stuff which I normally like I thought was a very big missed opportunity this week uh, they could have done so much more with it I'll get more into that uh, as we get into the main discussion but I was not crazy about the back at the project stuff either so can you yeah uh, this is I mean, if I had to pick an episode that I I I wouldn't say I liked at least but I maybe it is the one I've liked least so far
4: really even less than the pilot. Because the pilot was bad. Yes, because,
0: yeah, but remember, remember that everything that we saw in the trailer that gave me all of the feels was contained in the pilot. All right. So had I seen that pilot fresh, it would have been a much different experience. And so I'm not going to blame the pilot for its other failings because I know that it would have just choked me up completely to get, you know, back into the universe had I not seen
5: the trailer stuff. Does that make sense? Makes sense. Makes sense. Can you remind me for context, what did you think of The Leap Between the States? I loved The Leap Between okay. the States. So so a, a leap outside his own lifetime can work for you. I was just wondering if it was like, okay, this, this episode did not have a chance. Um, this episode yeah. did have a chance and it still didn't. The, the you know what's you
4: needed more incest? or <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> It's funny you say that. Now, I, I never even considered that, but I love Leap Between the States for a couple of different reasons. Number one, it's one of Laura's favorite episodes. So anytime it comes on, I get a good feeling because I think about how much she likes it. Aww. And um, hmm. I love the performance of Scott in that episode. I love the Martin Luther King thing at the end of that episode. I loved, I loved so much about that episode. And the fact that that was an outlier. After five years of basically standard leaps, we got to see something new and different. Yeah. And that's what made it stand out as a highlight. Now we're here in this new show and we've barely settled into the fact that, yes, they proved in the boxing episode that they can do a standard leap, exemplary uh, example of a standard leap mm. in somebody up there likes Ben, but now we're already going to the old West. Mm. And I want to... I want to see this show settle more into doing a traditional type of quantum leap and really get that down before we start going here and there and willy nilly all over history. I
4: mean, uh, all of the the leaps so far have had pretty grand stakes outside of the boxing one. The boxing one was a more personal story. Uh, there was the, the boxing championship, but really what it was about was um, saving Daryl uh, yeah. and, and uh, getting him to get help. Um, but all these other ones, even like the bounty hunter one, they stopped a drug cartel. <laughs> it like, affected a lot of people. you know. And this one affected a whole town of people. So they have had very grandiose stakes. and. Um, Quantum Leap did do that uh, in the past, but um, in this new show, a lot of them have felt less personal because of that. Is the, do you think that's part of that, Chris? How do you I, feel? I guess so. I,
0: yeah, maybe. Maybe it's, it's a bit disconnected from something that we can see affecting us. And maybe that was part of the charm of the original Quantum Leap was it was recognizable history. Therefore, you felt a personal affinity for it. Regardless, even if, say, like the 60s or the 50s is before my time, we are of that same era, that late 20th century era. Sure. And now, you know, so it's all sort of a continuum. Now we're going into places and into more abstract territory. Hmm. He's in 1897. And yeah, it would be great if he could save this town. But at the end of the day, do we have a connection besides the fact that I like to watch Clint Where as the man with no name? I like my spaghetti westerns. I like that kind of stuff. But, you know, like like Matt was saying, it's an excuse sometimes just to play cowboys and Indians. I don't think this was that, no. but I feel like having this now as a regular part of the series could lead to that. Hmm. Does that make sense?
4: Yeah. I mean, this could also be colored by the fact that um, I can get into a good western Like, uh, I was really disappointed uh, when the original Quantum Leap did uh, Last Gunfighter because it really wasn't a great Western. They were trying to kind of fit it into a box that it didn't fit into. So I I liked this, but I do feel like they added enough human elements to it. Uh, The fact that, unlike Sam, Ben didn't want to duel. I mean, Sam didn't want to duel either, but he eventually did it. Mm. Ben was coming up with other solutions. There was the story about uh, him and his granddaughter. There's a story about this town full of outsiders. Like it wasn't just about get everyone to move. Like this was like a, a safe haven for everyone. Um, so I think they added enough elements to this that it felt like it wasn't just about the action.
0: Mm-hmm. It was all there. I th- again, I think it was maybe just the the setting. That I was having trouble with.
4: And that's my problem, obviously. You know, but but. you see, the Universal backlot has a Western set and they have a time (laughs) travel show. So (laughs) I feel like that is a large portion of why they're like, let's get rid of this. (laughs) <laughs> this rule about the lifetime because we have all of these sets that we can utilize also noteworthy. I think there's only been a couple leaps so far that have been within Ben's lifetime. I think they were like, it's kind of, we'd like to be able to go to the seventies or early eighties or earlier than that, not be constrained to it, but yeah, they have all these like sets to utilize um, and not just the backlot that they've used for the bounty hunter and the pilot. So
3: <laughs>
4: mm. Mm. <laughs> maybe it's yeah. also a practical yeah. reason. This is the first time that the show has felt, well, not the first time, but one of maybe two times that this show has felt of the period it's supposed to be. I can't speak to specific decades in the 1800s if this show, this episode was that accurate to 1879, but it felt like a time travel show. And mm-hmm. most of these episodes outside of the boxing one, it felt like they really didn't hit the mark as, as far as a period piece.
0: Hmm. Now, it's funny you say that because one of the criticisms that I had with this being set in the real 1879 was the streets were too clean, the people were too clean, <laughs> the outfits were teeth. too colorful, <laughs> everyone had great teeth. Nobody looked like they stunk at all. Yeah, and-
3: the water, McDonough, Chris, McDonough, the water. McDonough
4: might have been smelly. <laughs> yeah, the water looked kind of smelly. Wasn't that straight out of Back to the Future 3? Didn't they have a joke yes. about the, the dirty water? <laughs>
0: We pull well, a whiskey. it's funny because I was thinking about Back to the Future Three when he was dressed up as like the 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 Atomic Cowboy with all the fringes and all oh, yeah, the yeah. you know, <laughs> it just seemed a little too colorful. And again, that could be my spaghetti Western background coming out and biasing me. But I like I like a lot more grit in my westerns, and this was sure. a lot more Hollywood. They, yeah, they
4: could have gotten a little sure. little smellier, a little dirtier. <laughs> uh, have someone spit out some tobacco or something?
0: And that's another thing. Like we we had been discussing uh, in last week's episode, a decent proposal, how Ben doesn't really react to his surroundings; he'd barely reacted to the fact that he was in a woman's body. I wanted him to just like look around and go, "Oh my God,
4: what is that smell?" <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> because I got to think that the Old one stinks. <laughs> oh, for sure. Uh, but I do think this was some of Ben's biggest reactions when he first arrives there. Uh, you know, it's kind of of surprise that he ended up in cowboy times. I feel like he has a lot of big reactions to things in this episode. And I, I've been wanting the show to to pull back less. And I feel like they, maybe they're writing a little more for Raymond Lee, or maybe they just Mm. thought, you know, this would be like pack some more punch for this episode. But I feel like he, he showed some real personality here.
0: I think that Raymond has always shown personality. I think he's charismatic as heck. And I'm glad that they're finally leaning into his strengths. And I think maybe it is just a process of the writers discovering themselves, discovering the show, discovering the talent that they have on hand. And, You know, everything coming together as the series goes on, this stuff is going to gel more and more. And that gives me a good feeling.
5: But isn't the focus for Ben slash Ray this week much more about the revelation at the end of last week and learning who Addison was more than, oh, shit, I'm in the old west.
4: I mean, I feel like yeah, I mean he wasn't like freaking out that he was in the old west, but he had more reactions to things that were yeah. happening in the moment. Like they allowed to ha- him to have some more uncomfortable scenes like all of a sudden he's this focus of attention and they're like he's this big hero and he's got to a- he feels like he has to live up to these standards, which ties in nicely with his story with Addison. I feel like they they had good connecting themes there without yeah. just being melodramatic. Uh, so I thought there was that and then there was Him trying to learn how to shoot the gun And he really sucks at it The first time he's been injured in the show He shot himself Yes,
3: <laughs> <laughs> how good It is that. was
4: hilarious And he's like I just I hate guns And even like um, When they find out that uh, Valentina Has uh, taken the guns To go fight McDonough There was this great I think it was an ADR line But I really like the delivery from Raymond Lee Where he's just like oh no <laughs> <laughs> Well, it was great. Like it had like a nice sense of humor to it. This episode isn't, I don't think, set up to be explicitly a comedy, but I felt like there was a, a good balance of humor and drama in it. So it felt like you know it wasn't just too serious all the time.
5: That fact that he struggled so much with the guns it immediately answered one of the problems that I usually have with western episodes of sci-fi shows which is that it doesn't matter if you're from 400 years in the future and you've never seen a gun before if you're in in a western you can pick up a gun and immediately use it because that's just that's just what happens um i i was very glad that he did not he couldn't use it and i know sam struggled with it a bit but he still learned fairly quickly um ben they just gave up it's like yeah this isn't gonna happen
4: i feel like this is um There's some similar plot elements uh, to this and Last Gunfighter, Mm -hmm. but they have opposite problems here. Yes. So, like, uh, both times, both leaps, they've leaped into an old cowboy who's kind of past his prime but used to be a great gunfighter. And in Sam's episode, it was to his advantage that he was a much younger man, that he was able to do this duel because he wasn't really an old man, but he didn't know how to fight because he didn't have, like, In his same skills or uh, his body Or whatever and Ben Is actually in The old man's body (laughs) I know that sounds weird but he's (laughs) in the old man's body And uh, so he uh, Is not a a young man But he um, I guess theoretically Could use his skill set they seem to act like, you know, okay, so if he's a boxer, he knows how to box because the boxer knows how to box. So maybe he would yeah. have some sort of skills, but he's a little washed up. So I don't know. It's kind of interesting. The, yeah. the problem I like
0: that aspect of it. Yeah, because this is what I was saying when we were introduced to that concept and they are following through on it consistently. When we learned that he had the muscle memory of the boxer because he's in the boxer's body, he just needed to tap into it. I said there better be a downside to this yeah. and they really did play into that this time it also played into the fact that ben we found out is a complete pacifist he doesn't believe in violence at all <laughs> but uh you know except when it comes to boxing yeah but, it's, it's,
4: i feel like that he's been very non-pacifist for someone who's a pacifist <laughs> so far um but i do like that maybe he's know, just he's remembering
0: he's like a, a
3: pacifist
4: yeah like we found out he's never even shot a gun he's like what actually how am i supposed to learn all this like i feel like i hate guns i i don't know how would that have gone down in episode
5: that- three though there's a non-violent solution to everything we're just gonna sit around the boxing ring have a cup of coffee <laughs> yeah. have a chat
4: I mean I That's guess right. when it comes to boxing It is a sport so yes. as long as you're not Trying to murder the other person it's kind Of different than trying to kill someone they do Address the fact that Ben's like well it, I would have to be on my conscience if I killed Someone right, I, right. D- I do Feel like that contradicts a little bit of The beginning when McDonough shows up and he Shoots the sheriff dead and then <laughs> Ben doesn't seem to react to someone just got Murdered in yeah. front of him I mean, Nobody reacts nobody at all cares. The sheriff is just They hated that sheriff apparently <laughs> they just, Maybe they're just running through sheriffs and like, ah, not another one. They just (laughs) toss him in a coffin. (laughs) It's
5: the third one today.
4: Yeah. (laughs) They do seem to be going through sheriffs pretty quick. But I love this
0: aspect of Ben being so adamantly against killing and leaping. He even says something to the effect of leaping to kill seems deeply wrong. Yeah. So there's got to be another solution. Whereas Sam killed. He killed when he had to.
4: He didn't and want to though. It's not like he, he didn't, was a, I'm not a violent saying he either, to. but yeah.
0: You know, but I mean, I I just remember that that scene in Freedom when the grandfather tells him, you know, now mark the kills on the back of the horse. And he what I think it was like three handprints at that yeah. point. And I was trying to figure out who he meant, but just thinking of back to last week's episode, we saw the flashback to Vietnam. He killed dozens of people
3: oh, yeah, when yeah. he, he leapt into magic. people down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
4: But also, he um, he was doing what Addison was talking about. Sometimes you just have to yeah. react. I, I'm sure that we will see Ben kill someone and it will mean something. Because, mm, you know, right. both Ben and Sam never wanted to kill anyone. But Ben uh, is trying very hard to come up with a more peaceful solution to this. And, uh, yeah, it was pretty creative. I liked what they came up with.
3: <laughs>
0: Yeah, It <laughs> <laughs> yeah, goes full wily Coyote on all of them.
4: <laughs> I, did,
0: I did like that, but I liked the discussion and I hope it's something that they mind more because it also seemed to me when Sam kills in the original series, it's very much a function of the plot because that's what, you have a shootout uh, at some point and the bad guy dies and- it's, it's almost like a trope. It's, it's very TV. The fact that they're addressing the fact that if I have to shoot somebody, no matter how bad they are, that's going to be on my conscience for the rest of my life um, is very un TV. I don't know if that speaks to how they want to do this series differently, how they want to differentiate Ben from Sam, or if it's just now TV is in a different place altogether, where maybe you don't have like that 80s style shootout at the end of the episode. I, I just find it a, a, a fascinating aspect, and I hope that they mine it for some good effect as the show goes on. Because Addison said, sometimes you have to meet force with force. That's all some people understand. And I hope that we get to see Ben sort of come to a crossroads with that where we get to have something besides sort of a comedic end. And I don't know, I don't want Quantum Leap to go dark, but now they're bringing up this aspect of it. I hope that it's like now the Chekhov's gun sitting there waiting, you know, we're waiting for that third act.
4: Yeah, I think eventually it will come to that. I think it's just the the cowboy episode wasn't the one they were going to do it in, you know, like they're taking their time (laughs) with this. Um, And I think they did uh, with Sam, uh, the first time that he killed someone, they did make a big deal out of it. You know, that was in Honeymoon Express. Um, He stabs the guy to death, Roger, and Roger is this trained killer. You know, he says to Sam, like, next time it'll be easier. You know, you could could tell like it really affects Sam, but it is episode television. So it you don't have a lot of time to dwell on this. And I don't know what they plan, if they have a plan to do with Ben. I'm sure it'll come to that, but they'll probably have a little more continuity, maybe a little more about that whenever they come to that particular aspect mm. of the show.
0: They would have to because Ben is remembering everything since he leaped. I mean, uh, I think it was one of the showrunners uh, on Twitter I saw one that you retweeted, Allison, where they did indeed confirm that Ben's memory since leaping is going to be cumulative. He's not going to forget things like Sam did. He's going to maintain a through line. So you could argue that Sam didn't remember on certain leaps that he had killed anybody. But, you know, uh, Ben doesn't have that luxury. So.
4: Sure. (laughs) Yeah. Very interesting. (laughs) Yeah, oh, yeah. so uh, speaking of Ben's memory, so he remembered Addison last episode, and I think, even though I, I don't really know what they really did with him not remembering Addison, I don't really know what the point was of them not letting Addison tell him, because this episode, Magic's just like, yeah, cool, we can use this information, do it, and then it's like, alright, wh- why did we do any of that? But now that they have, uh, I felt that created a much better dynamic. I feel like there was a great dynamic between Ben and Addison in this episode. They were playing off of each other. There was some romantic moments in there. Uh, I felt it came off more natural. It wasn't just sad time. Yeah, I enjoyed that. I also felt like they let Ben play a little more in the leap without Addison. So they had more times together that were more memorable that that I liked. But they also had a lot more scenes where Addison wasn't there. And we got to see Ben try and navigate the situation.
5: Can I just point out on the the magic point, this has been in project time five days since magic said, yeah, don't tell him keep it a secret it's been five days days. so the whole like oh things are different now things have changed it's like it was a few days it was earlier this week Um, that
4: feels like an aborted storyline to me that feels like they had a different idea and they're like this isn't working let's turn it around and do something else
5: and i was liking it i like what they're doing now but i was also liking the original storyline i kind of wish they'd stuck with that a little bit longer even though I, i I'm loving the new dynamic. I also love the old dynamic. So, um, yeah. Well,
0: I, I I loved the fact that that was the the best part of the back at the project stuff. When Magic explained why now all of a sudden it's okay to have Ben remember. Like, have him remember everything. He said, we're in a dynamic fluid situation. Janice is in the system now. We don't know what's going to happen. So, any information that he has at this point, whether he's dangerous or not, knowing the agenda can only benefit us now. And... Yeah. Well, I could have said that from the beginning, though.
3: <laughs>
0: I guess. I guess. But I liked it. And there was precious little back at the project to like in this episode, even though there are, you know, some some good sort of connecting elements to the original series. But let's stick to the Ben and Addison stuff.
5: Oh, I... Yeah. yeah. With, without the Ben and Addison stuff this week, they would not have been able to take a classic quantum leap scene of the hologram teaching the Leaper... How to shoot a gun, and just add a shitload of sexual tension into it. That was 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 not—they
4: were ghosting. They were ghosting.
5: (laughs) Ah, that—that was hot, and it was not that hot when Scott and Dean did it. Sorry. Uh,
4: (laughs) I think there are some listeners that might disagree with you.
5: Some people
4: found it quite hot, but. uh... (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, it was. I thought it was cute. They were talking about their first date. I feel mm-hmm. like we're getting to know more about their relationship. And so you care more about the relationship. Because there could be a little disconnect sometimes in the earlier episodes because we just don't know the characters that well. So we don't really know what their relationship is. And the writers are still figuring out the characters, too. So there could be a little bit of disconnect. Uh, I feel like they were driving a lot more here. Yeah, it was really cute. They were talking about that. Uh, it, ben is so happy to see Addison. me. Mm-hmm. Immediately when she shows up He's like Addison And like runs over And it's like why? I don't know why no one heard that yeah. But you know He was just so happy to see her He goes like running over It was like Oh that's just so cute
5: I love that And then Shortly after that, when she's all like, You look kind of cute as a cowboy, and he's all like, You look kind of cute as a an hologram, and it's like they're, they're just a couple of teenagers, like completely they're falling uns- in love again. Exactly, that's the thing. It's like they've been together a couple of years. Surely, well, I mean, we saw this in the engagement scene in the first episode. They're a lot more comfortable together, and yeah, they're he particularly is a little awkward and nerdy, but still they're relaxed around each other. But that awkward flirtation that they do. It is just like that first date can can I, can I get away with complimenting her or, or is she going to throw Tee- a drink in my face I don't know Tee- is she actually, it's <laughs> so but, sweet. but
0: I loved that they, they played it two different ways because she was a lot more straightforward like like for him this is a new thing like relatively new because he doesn't really remember he just remembers the fact that he loves yeah. her right but he doesn't remember their first date he doesn't remember much of anything she on the other hand is like becoming like a row you know like I can't do a row like a cat row but uh, <laughs> wow, thank you. <laughs> she's become like, ooh, you look good as a cowboy. Like she's all horned up. And then when she's teaching him how to shoot, she's like leaning into like the back of his neck. And if she could just jump him, she would. Oh, yeah. And yeah, so from her end, it's a completely different sort of approach. It's it's just like, all right, this is my guy. And he now remembers me so I can I can be the way I usually am with him. And you can tell she just she's DTF,
5: That she just <laughs> What she, she, What's this cowboy shit?
3: <laughs> she, she's Aww, like, man, this I, is...
5: I've not slept with this guy for five whole days. I need him. <laughs> <laughs> Can we go back to that, Matt? How do you get that? I mean, I have had very little thought about
0: how time passes back at the project as opposed to the leaps. Yeah. We got so much in the first couple of episodes of the original series, how time is different at the project because Sam's leaps could take up to a week. Yeah. So have
5: we established somehow that this is one contiguous uh, length of time yeah, yeah yeah so so episode 1 takes one day uh, episode 2 takes one day episode 3 takes two days because she's got 24 hours to to teach him how to box. And, and in episode two, they refer to the events of episode one as happening yesterday. And in episode three, she's not been eating or sleeping. So it's it's probably very shortly afterwards. Episode four, then presumably is day five. And then Dean's been doing, the producer has been doing these uh, script to screen extracts. And um On Twitter, and he put up the Magic and Ian scene on Twitter, which I'd worked out, assuming they were every day, apart from episode three, which takes across two days, that would mean episode four is on day five, and the script for that scene um, says D5 at the top, which presumably then is day five. So that would mean that this is day six, with the engagement scene happening on kind of night zero before it all starts. So this is day six of... Assuming this is the day after... The magic and Ian coffee scene but every other episode so far has to have been one day after the next Just zooming
4: wow. past the days huh
5: yeah which is how I've got dates for everything because between that and the episode of uh, real housewives of Beverly Hills <laughs> uh, I've got dates for all of this stuff it's such oh, important she could
4: have been <laughs> streaming it <laughs>
5: yeah, don't, don't mess with that
4: and more about Ben and Addison. I think that they brought back the Quantum Leap hologram classic, the happy with the underlying tragedy, right? <laughs> so yeah. it's a very happy scene. And then you're like, oh, I'm sad. <laughs> so <laughs> so they're talking about their first date. And uh, they're both getting very excited about this for different reasons. So like Ben is just discovering all of this. It's like, this sounds like a great first date. This is how we fell in love. This just sounds wonderful. And Addison is like, oh, this is getting back To normal, I'm going to tell him about our day Remember all this great stuff that we did, you know And then when she asks him Do you remember any of this, she has this hope And he's like, no, I really don't And you get that kind of like (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And yeah, that that ties into What Ben says later in the episode Like he's he's worried that he can't be the person That the town of salvation Needs him to be, or that Addison Needs to be, he's worried about Letting her down Yeah Oh Mm, Yeah. And that was all really good
0: stuff. I enjoyed that aspect of it because I'm rooting for Ben and Addison. So, it's nice to see them be able to lean into their relationship that way. And for that to be an evolving thread is going to be, I think, a strength of the series now. So, the scene I was talking about before where Addison was sort of leaning into Ben when she was teaching him to shoot – it reminded me a lot of the first episode of the original series where Al is trying to teach Sam how to fly the X-1 or the X-4 or whatever it was, right? <laughs> when he's
4: literally inside
3: Sam. Yeah, mm. and
0: I was thinking, why didn't Addison, why didn't they take advantage of that? Why didn't she stand inside him and put her arm up and say, match my movements because you wouldn't have the ghost moment, I know.
4: Yeah, well, but it would also it would just look goofy, <laughs> her being inside him, and then it would, yeah, they want it to be the more of a romance moment. The <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I just hope that they take advantage of, of that because this this was a perfect example, like match my movements, you mm-hmm. know, they, but they then maybe Ben would have been too
4: good a shot, stuff right? with her. They, they could yeah. where she like goes inside stuff or, you know, I do think that they utilized her a little better in scenes where it felt less like she was standing around, not really having a reason to be there. Even just using, like, the stage space, like she was walking around the saloon um, when she's describing what the different skill sets are. She's using her, uh, her skills from the military to try and build this small army for him. You know, like, okay, so mm-hmm. you don't know how to, to shoot, but this person does. This person has this. This is how you, you know, come up with a solution here.
0: Okay, that's fair enough, Allison, and I like that aspect of it because it does showcase Addison's skills very nicely, but... Was it a little too wacky? <laughs> like, okay. It was, <laughs> a, it was a, when she said "build a better mousetrap." I didn't. I didn't think they were actually going to build a version of the game Mousetrap. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs>
4: Delightful. Delightful. So they're like, let's build this whole army of people, use their skill sets, everyone's getting involved, Frankie's getting involved, the town drunk's getting involved, There's got, they got fireworks, even the saloon ladies getting involved. <laughs> they're home alone in it until the guy gets trapped in a cage, McDonough runs into the cage and slink. <laughs> don't take
5: that away from you guys that that is like that's the biggest problem that i have with the traditional westerns is like uh yeah two guys have a duel and whichever one loses like the whole town is either saved or screwed and that's, that's that's just one of those tropes i cannot stand i was so pleased that they got the town involved don't take that away from me
4: I mean, I've seen I, I've seen this type of plot before. I'm not okay. gonna lie, um, but I do feel like it was a novel solution. It did make me laugh a lot. <laughs> ben being all smug coming over, you felt kind of in control at the moment, you know. <laughs> like, Should have left while you could. <laughs>
3: yeah,
0: and I gotta be honest. I I love the fact that the town did come together because my main failing with the western part of this episode was that everybody's looking to Ben as this gunslinger to save them right. they're like 19 guys in that town with guns they can't just surround this gang and, and, and take care of it themselves like anybody is capable of of raising a firearm and fighting these people yet they
4: don't yeah it, I mean it they, has to come down to to the gunslinger it's like it's like why why yeah but I mean like the I guess if you're going by the cowboy duel rules, You know, like, you got the two guys, no one else gets involved. They really kind of broke the duel rules here. A little bit scandalous, breaking these cowboy duel rules. And they're like, oh, by the way, all the town's going to get in on this. But, you know, uh, typically, you got the two guys. One wins, uh, the other loses, and then you, you... by the terms but but they decided that they were gonna go with a different type of solution that didn't involve the guns because if everyone decided to go out there and just start shooting their guns all these other guys are prepared for it they didn't catch them by surprise they're just like gonna have a shootout and a bunch of
0: people are gonna die Uh, but they know these guys are they're, they're leaving and they're coming back into town and they're again many many people in that town mcdonough just guns the sheriff down in the middle of the street there are no rules it's the old west It's the wild west That's where the expression comes from
3: Yeah
4: but So it's like Okay Let's say that you are in a town Full of people with guns And you have a A group of Outlaws Coming into town With also with guns If you Are ready for a shootout You gotta be ready to die And that's Even if you get Clipped a little bit Medicine ain't that great in the old West, you might die got to
0: ambush them bastards. they got plenty of good aloe um, well, in the old I guess West they did Ambush them, but you know
4: <laughs> apparently only one guy was really good with a gun everyone else yeah, like I, not everyone had a gun also I just feel like
0: it was kind of a silly conceit because western
4: that's sure. all yeah. yeah, I don't know why when they came in, they didn't notice the giant ring of alcohol in the dirt that they set on fire like you would see like a big ring and you'd be like what's that all about and then maybe
0: somebody was just walking their horse as it was peeing and they were walking in a circle
3: enough
4: did the drunk guy they have a town drunk which is weird because ben's technically supposed to be a washed up old drunk but they have an old drunk in this town does he call one of the guys a sucker like the uh, the one that gets dragged by his feet, he like, gets dragged past him with one of their traps. And it sounds like he goes, sucker.
0: Uh, Maybe. <laughs> I got to tell yeah. it.
4: Like see... what?
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> well, that wasn't the only sort of anachronistic speech because in the very opening scene, Ben says, look, I get it to Valentina. I don't think that that's anything that Diego would ever say. That's such yeah. a like an anachronistic turn phrase to me. And no one seems to bat an eye. Hmm. Like, yeah, well, he might have said, I understand
4: how you feel or (laughs) I get it just seems too modern.
0: So for him to
4: say sucker. (laughs) Yeah, sometimes the speech seemed a little too modern. When Ben goes to get his arm checked out, there's the two Chinese characters. If Ming was the younger one, it was Ming he was talking to. And he says uh, ancient Chinese secret. And I'm trying to think how this cowboy times character would know the the calgon commercial catchphrase (laughs) like he's clearly making a joke playing on the fact someone would know that catchphrase i have
0: i have i have headcanon for this do you i think that was sam
4: what you think it was sam i think that was sam
3: no
4: way all right sam or another leaper if if it was sam I mean, this is a question I have for the end of the episode too, but like Leaper interactions don't work the same as they did in the old show, because in the old show, if you touch someone, then all of a sudden, then you see what they look like for real. Right. And we didn't get that. If it was supposed to be Sam, we didn't get that. I'm not really sure at the ending what this person's supposed to look like, if this is their true appearance, but it seems like this is another thing that's, that's different than before. Right. And I don't know though, did the kid ever
0: actually touch Ben? I saw him putting the the aloe with an applicator on his wound. Oh he had to have wound. touched him while he was doing but, that. Yeah. You, you but it didn't happen on camera. <laughs>
3: didn't,
0: didn't you can't say you can't say that he definitively did. <laughs> I don't know.
4: Seems like I don't know a either. stretch to me, bud. <laughs>
0: and yeah, no, you're right. And the thing is the mystery leaper at the end or whoever knew Ben, he actually poked him right on the chest. And there was no transmogrification, no morphing effect. So.
4: Yeah, well, and he looked like that the entire leap. I'm not really sure if it was supposed to be this other leap or the entire time or maybe jumped in before. Um, it, it was interesting watching it back uh, a second time. And seeing the interactions with this character, because like, I really didn't think about him twice until the very end.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I me mean neither. And I think I only saw, they only like focused on him once. So why don't we get into that aspect of it? Then maybe we can do some of the back of the project stuff. Hmm. Because yeah,
4: maybe, maybe we're underplaying it. There's another Leaper.
5: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know. It's like, that's like the huge reveal of the episode. Drops dropped at that point. I, I was legit
4: surprised. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs>
5: I, I don't know about you guys, but I kind of had a feeling that was going to happen at some point. That at some point during the show, there'd be this big reveal of somebody in period clothes would turn around and recognise Ben. I, I felt it was kind of obvious, but it was still shocking when it happened. Dun, dun, dun! <laughs> like, they had to introduce another leaper at some point. It just It just seemed obvious. And the way to do it would be just to have... Yeah, not not to see them leaping in or anything, just to say like, oh hey Ben.
4: <laughs> All these other reveals that they've had on the show of like, you know, things from the 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 old show, like things that you would recognize, like mechanics or props or uh, other plot elements. I I've, I've just felt like I I haven't been feeling it like everyone else and it kind of bums me out like everyone's like I'm just in awe about this and I'm like I don't I don't really know. But when this moment happened, I was like, what is going <laughs> on? There's another leaper there. I felt the Danger! I felt like, ooh, Ben could be in some trouble now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. It kind of hit me oddly, oddly flat. I was like, oh, that's interesting, but I didn't get a <gasps> moment, and I don't know why. <gasps> why not? And maybe because I wasn't invested in the Western thing maybe i was too distracted by the western aspect i don't know regardless i love the development it just didn't hit me in 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 the oh my god uh the way i wanted it to if that makes any sense um sure the oh boy i didn't get the oh boy Hmm. you know (laughs) okay but see now this this opens up so many different possibilities about what exactly is ben doing with janice and he's saying specifically stop following me right yeah right so I obviously i thought he was the out there looking for ben sam was, i thought he was looking for sam it would be but so maybe
4: funny if it was sam but he's like super aggro now like yes. stop following me if you value your life dr ben song <laughs> <laughs> at
0: first i thought it was sam i said oh my god is that sam but i don't think that sam would threaten him
4: that no way. it sounded
0: too aggressive yeah, so uh, so I'm thinking. So this now means this this implies anyway that not only is there another leaper somewhere doing some something, but that Ben somehow found out about it and that he enlisted the help of Janice so that they could thwart it yeah. or subvert it somehow and. We're not going to get to know anymore unless we get a scene with Janice or Ben suddenly remembers. Mm. I mean, this is like great. Like, oh my God. Like what what now? I'm really invested in the Janice storyline. What the hell is going on here? Yeah. Yeah.
4: It's going to be good times. (laughs) <laughs> I feel like this. it was nice. that You know why this one hit a little more for me too? Is because this this involves Ben and in the Leap and it's less disconnected project stuff that, that I don't really care about because it doesn't really relate to, to the Leap story at the moment. So the fact that he was right there with Ben, you could feel the plot moving forward. And it felt like it, it was dangerous and directly affecting him.
0: Yeah, 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 for sure. This opens up so many possibilities, and I hope in a good way. I know that I had poo pooed the idea of there being quote evil leapers, <laughs> but if if it's more of like competing leapers and not so much the the cartoonish Lothos, the devil, yeah. and uh, that that kind of thing, but more of just somebody with a competing agenda, not just to wreck stuff, to wreck stuff.
5: I mean, I. Briefly toyed with the idea that, like, that was Zoe and we were seeing the Leapy. (laughs) That'd be kind of fun, but... Could be. I checked the actor's resume is quite impressive and he got top billing in the episode, so I'm thinking that actor's going to keep coming back, in which case it can't be the Leapy. Um, But that's a shame, because, yeah, I'd I'd have loved if after a few episodes of random different people showing up, um, playing this antagonistic character, it turned out it was Zoe all along.
4: Yeah, I I'd, I'd like it if it was someone in disguise the whole time until, you know, they figure out what they want to do. Yeah, my worry with the evil leapers, and I don't know if this is what they're intending. I don't know if I really explained myself that well when we were we were kind of going over the evil leapers, what I thought would be a very boring take on this. I don't want it to be like clinical, militaristic, oh, we got to stop the time incursion kind of stuff. If that yeah. makes sense. Because yeah. No, I, I understand
0: just, exactly what you're yeah. saying. It's like the Chromags mags and Sliders. Oh, we yeah. don't need.
4: Oh. <laughs> don't get me started on the Chrome mags <laughs> No, thank you. Uh, yeah, I don't want it to be boring Chromag shit. I don't want it to be like uh, it, this kind of stuff. Like, it, it, I just. <sighs> there was something about how they laid out the Evil Leapers, and it is something that took me a while to warm up to it. So I get it when people really don't like the evil leapers i think they have a a place uh and they're they're not always they don't need to always be around in quantum leap but this whole god versus the devil thing i don't think they were literally supposed to be like the satans hanging out at their project sending them out i think it's much like sam there's some evil benevolent force kind of the yin to his yang Mm -hmm. so it added this sort of mythos to it this larger than life kind of there there's some stakes here there's something sinister there's something you know it it feels less clinical than let's say someone started a, an evil military program because they want to change one little thing in time and they got some agenda i don't know it it just I worry about them going uh, in a route that's not incredibly interesting. But this is just me speculating about stuff. They, so far what they've shown is is not much. It's interesting.
0: I feel like we're seeing maybe hints of a competing government project that is exactly what you're afraid of, Elson. Um <laughs> trying boring. to manipulate <laughs> <Yeah>. history to <laughs> our benefit, but That is if you're going to go sort of, quote, real world with this and they're trying to
4: real world. But that's (laughs)
0: but that's but that's exactly what like some like like a DARPA would try to do if (laughs) they had this kind of technology. And it's been the pacifist is thinking you're not going to shape reality so that, you know, whatever military industrial complex you want to triumph is going to triumph. I don't know. I just I feel like that is the most obvious route to go. I hope that they don't because I'm not crazy about that either, but it seems like yeah,
4: I'd, give, I'd give it a high probability. Seems like something <laughs> they do, huh? They could
5: do <laughs> if they write it well. I I, I I have no issue with what you're both presenting there, um, as long as it's well written. That goes without saying. But I don't think that's necessarily a bad idea.
4: I think maybe because it, it feels like it leans more into tech sci-fi stuff that really didn't feel like Quantum Leap. Like there was some sort of like made up science stuff going on in the original Quantum Leap, but a lot of it felt like, you know, there was just some force out there <laughs> leaping Sam to do whatever right some wrongs in time, Don Quixote kind of stuff. And uh then the you know, when the evil leapers came along, they had sinister plans of some vague sort. <laughs> but I don't know. They just
0: were They wanted to twirl their mustache all throughout to twirl the twirl their
4: mustache. I don't know <laughs> if you need to go quite that route, but, you know, there was some sort of magical quality there that felt less about the tech and the sci-fi and the military and all of this stuff. Yeah, but
5: I, I feel like in the original series, yeah, 100%. And whenever we saw those little bits back at the project injected, they kind of stuck out a bit for that very reason although although they were fun and they were interesting they never quite meshed with this whole look it's it's basically borderline fantasy rather than science fiction as soon as they started doing the quote unquote 50/50 which isn't isn't quite but as soon as they started doing that massive shift to being back at the project for this series what else could they do i think that that door's been open since the first minute of the first episode it is now high tech and even if they don't go down this plot line all the stuff going on with Ben's project is proper tech it has to be explained it it can't be mystical and godlike and stuff like that just just which, all right Shh. you can like it or not like it but i don't think there's any getting away from it in this <laughs> in this kind of series yeah, all right
4: Look, uh, yeah, not to be, not to be stinky, Allison. (laughs) I'm gonna, I'm gonna agree with Chris here. Um, I love this episode, but also I hated the project stuff (laughs) very, very much. And a lot of that was the stupid kind of shit. I gotta talk about actually, okay. I gotta talk about the gen stuff here. Yeah. Because the gen stuff is what bothers me the most. Oh, Okay. Okay. I really wish that I liked Jen. And again, I want to preface this. This is nothing against Nanrissa Lee. I think she's doing a great job with acting. This is purely the character. I really dislike Jen intensely. It's <laughs> she, And I want to like her because she had the craziest outfit in the world this week. And <gasps> it was, was so ugly. It was so <laughs> ugly that I wanted to like her instead of hate it. But because uh, like, she has this weird harness going on and then this snooky bump in her hair. I didn't understand Understand it at all. <laughs> and then she goes into her interview with this senator and she's like doing the I felt like I was transported to 1999 when people didn't know what the internet was and the, yes. like, hackers were Thank so you. cool. And she's like hey, I bet you're wondering how a cyber criminal like me who hacked into Bitcoin accounts and was in prison ended up in this top secret time travel project. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, stop it. I <laughs> she was yelling at the sure screen. St- I hate you. Stop. She stopped
5: short of Saying she jacked into the mainframe.
3: That's the. I that's jacked the into the
4: mainframe. I was like, I was embarrassed. This was
0: the cringe. Yeah, it was a cringe, but you missed the most important point. Uh, it was all on the dark web. Oh, on the, the, dark dark- web, oh. of <laughs> the dark web.
3: The
4: ah, dark web. I'm so sorry, Albie. I'm blowing out your ears in this edit, but ah, the it dark was so- web to cringe. I am not embracing my inherent cringe arc with this one. Sorry, guys.
0: <laughs> She was so Chloe Sullivan in this. Oh, I'm going to no, check the dark don't web. don't
4: compare her to Chloe. No. <laughs> it's true, though. She had the same kind of fashion that you would see <laughs> in something around that time. Also, it was bad.
0: I want to say she was either Chloe Sullivan or um, I'm forgetting the girl on Arrow, uh, the tech girl on Arrow.
4: Whatever. With the glasses. The same CW standard in <laughs> yes, when they don't know exactly. how tech works and they, everything got Bitcoin on the dark web.
0: <laughs> but I think like her, like she was like, I'm going to check the dark web. Like they had
4: to say that oh, yeah, every yeah.
0: episode, you know,
4: this episode <laughs> was. So dumb tech wise. Even when they had like Ian explaining stuff to the senator to try and like uh, deliberately confuse her <laughs> by using too much techno jargon, I understood it, and I'm not that technically capable. Yeah, that, so I that feel that like it seem... was like this seems really <laughs> dumb. Like I got what he, what they were talking about. So like
5: <laughs> it's like it was trying to be like that episode of Next Generation where Riker's trying to confuse the Ferengi by explaining all the tech really badly. But But they weren't. They weren't explaining it yeah. No, I know. It was very straightforward and clear. Very (laughs) straightforward. She's just, she was an idiot Ferengi.
4: No, she wasn't. But she was saying, I don't think she was idiotic. I think she understood what they were talking about. She was saying that, I think you're trying to confuse me and you think I'm dumb and don't get this, but here's really what's going on here. But everything that Ian was talking about here was very understandable and was not incredibly opaque, as she was saying. So I don't think the moment really landed like they wanted it to it kind of feels like they think the
5: audience is dumber than they are (laughs) i mean yeah you're probably right but i i was maybe a little kinder to that scene i took that as being that yes it it yeah it did make sense to me it probably made sense to her but they were rambling and they were clearly very uncomfortable and that's just that's yeah part of the character and they said oh yeah that's that's just that's just how i talk but that was that was clearly what she was seeing
4: but she she accused them of being deliberately opaque to try and confuse her like i get what you're doing here everyone in this episode i don't really understand uh like They all acted super aggressive and antagonistic. And I'm like, is this how you're keeping her off your back? Mm. That you're being like weird and passive aggressive and like, Mm. (laughs) it's just was very strange. Well, it wasn't
0: strange. It was bad. And that's why this is the back at the project stuff that I have liked the least because I for I not not for one second did I feel any danger that this new committee member I mean we're missing the bigger picture here they reestablished that there's a committee there's an oversight committee so Weitzman's right. ghosts lives on right oh, um, yeah. and this this senator her name is Adami I believe if 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 I heard it right but I did not think for one second that. They were in danger of uh, shutting the project down. And I kind of wish that they maybe had gone further towards that, maybe even shut the project down Mm -hmm. for part of the leap, because it was just one dumb interview after another. And (laughs) maybe this is the journalist coming out in me. If you are going to try to interrogate somebody like she was trying to interrogate Addison, you do not – just ask closed-ended yes or no questions so that yes, the ma'am. only response is yes, ma'am <laughs> yes. or no, ma'am. No, ma'am. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like wow, you really need to brush up on your interview techniques, Senator. It was just really <laughs> dumb, or a Congresswoman, whatever
4: whoever she was. But uh, she, I think she it, was a senator. The descriptions called her a senator, although she seems extremely young to be a senator. Maybe I'm just used to very old men senators and and
0: stuff. Yeah. Her name wasn't McBride. So I was waiting on that. (laughs) Yeah. There's no callbacks there. No callbacks there. No callbacks there. No Weitzman's, no McBride's. And I love the fact that they're reestablishing the committee. I love the fact that we might get to see more of the
4: committee as sort of an antagonistic force. They call it uh, an oversight committee, but they don't say the committee. So I wonder if it's supposed to be this similar sort of thing or if it's just supposed to be like, yeah, I guess the government would have an oversight committee for this kind of thing.
0: I just took them as one in the same, because why not? I like yeah. I like the idea of the committee in the original series. So. committee
4: at the foundation?
0: Yeah, the committee at the foundation, exactly. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah, this whole thing. Okay, so this senator comes in, and she's supposed to... She's investigating. She clearly knows what's going on, but she's trying to find out from them and try and get them to fess up. So she's like, okay, I know what's going on. I need to report this. And Magic has this... Um, the, the nuclear, nuclear option—that's option, what she calls yes. it. Uh, so she comes in with this nuclear option. Jen, being very sneaky and underhanded, is like you can blackmail her with this. We have this uh, record of her going on a joyride with her brother. They were both drinking. Uh, her brother ended up dying in this car wreck, and she was the one that was driving. And so they have this blackmail. And Magic is like, I this isn't my style. I'm not going to use this. So he goes. Uh, he he brings this up when the senator says she's going to report on this. And he's like, no, no, this is my style. I'm not going to blackmail you, but what if we could save your brother? I think we could do that for you. Making false promises. So I feel like this isn't really that much more ethical to play with someone's emotions about their dead sibling. It's
5: bribery. It's bribery and a very emotional bribery.
4: But they acted like this was like a good turnaround. Like, yeah, magic, you made the right decision. They're like, no, you didn't. <laughs> I know Ernie Hudson's very charming, but this is <laughs> this is a very unethical thing to do. Yeah,
0: it's very unethical, but it was not so much like an emotional bribery thing as a uh, wait a minute, now I can see the upside of this rather than
4: but he for said whatever that he reason told why they that w- he would do it. Not that they could. It's possible. Or like, hey, wouldn't you like someone to save your brother? He says, I told her that we would save her brother.
5: Yeah, I found that weird because I I left the, the, the scene between the two of them. I left thinking that it was just a more general, aren't we doing some good here? There could be other sisters out there that could benefit from this, etc. Yeah. And then, yeah, he turns around the corner and sees the staff and's like, yeah, I, I just promised there's something we can't do. That's all right. <laughs> It, are, yeah, are. they, they could have you got you got you got you got to, you, this much time to figure it out
4: <laughs> it was it was a weird cut too to yeah. go from like hey what if we could save your brother to them being all chummy and finishing some conversation it sounded like he was saying like yeah i'll be there ha 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 and yeah. they're waving each other off like they're gonna have a barbecue See together. Yeah, Thanksgiving. Or something. Like what is yeah what is that about
0: yeah. It's good at the next at the next committee meeting in the foundation. That's where he's hey, going to see. Hey, we'll, we'll obviously, hang
4: out. be chummy with your brother who will be alive for sure. Yeah, we'll exactly. bring your brother back.
0: <laughs> but see, I guess I was also distracted by this turn because they're saying they have no way to specifically target a leap. Sam did. Sam figured it out in the leap back. I now know how to hit the target. And yeah. now that's lost. I mean, that to me proves that this is, uh, as you like to say, Matt, a completely different project, mm-hmm. a completely different build. They seem to have lost information gains that Sam made. So. I mean,
1: I,
4: I always took it in the leap back as something that he said he worked out in his mind, but he didn't share with anyone else because he had to get out of there real quick. But, but if they had to put at, it like, into Ziggy's mainframe. For, yeah, yeah, that's true. And they did it with Bingo, too. Yeah, I yeah, was going to say, like, if you look yeah. at Leap for Lisa, that's really the one where it kind of bungles a lot of the series, because if they could target anyone into a leap, they oh, yeah, could no. have gotten Sam that, home. They could have gotten <laughs> Sam home like, like that. Boop. So
0: that's always been my main contention. Why don't they just leap the Leapy back into their own body and Sam is home and because show. And we want to keep having a show. So and I feel like maybe that's why they wrote that out of this, because then we don't have what? They don't have anybody in the waiting room. So there's
4: nobody to leap back anyway. So, yeah, it's completely doesn't work that way. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Before I do have more about the the body thing, also some questions, but more on the on the project stuff. This felt to me, it feels incredibly strange to me that this Quantum Leap sequel series has gone out of its way every episode to make sure that the stuff at the project has as little to do with the leap at hand as possible. Because as soon as Addison comes in there to talk to Ian very subtly on their iPhone to do the, the Apple product placement, <laughs> I'm like, what is Ian doing? Just hanging out on the phone? Like, what? shouldn't you be doing something? And then Addison walks in and she's just like, hey, we need to get some information on the Old West, help Ben out. And then Jen jumps in and she's like, OK, we got to act like we're not on leap because the senator's here and then they don't talk about it again. We got. We can't. We can't be talking about the leap at Project Quantum Leap. And I get this is for the plot of this episode, but every episode has been like this, where they just d- do not focus on that at all. But the other
0: giant plot hole is that the senator is only interested in interviewing the five main characters or the four main characters. There are like dozens of people yeah, working in that control what, room. Was there,
4: someone named Amy or something? Yeah. There, some can't other? they just? can you think they just go by
0: the lady that's sitting at the console and say, hey, where's Dr. Oh, you know, you got to go into the uh, imaging chamber to see Ben. Oh, whoops, sorry. You know, I mean, she could have asked any one of a dozen people offhandedly.
5: Those low level staff members are the ones that don't have any emotional connection to Ben and they're probably underpaid and they're like, yeah, you know what, I'll I'll tell you anything you want to know. I don't give a shit about this place. It's just (laughs)
4: maybe maybe there were other interviews we didn't see. She was just talking to the senior staff. (laughs) Is that how that works? Yeah. I guess, but it's just, I mean, it, it's got to be a fairly open
0: secret that Ben has left. I mean.
4: Yeah. Well, everybody yeah, yeah. there They're, has to nubly. know. Them. Yeah. Well, they were also cyber hackers from the dark web that magic got <laughs> well, out of prison. So they feel like some loyalty to them. I feel like like maybe the, maybe the quote, evil
0: leaper that we saw uh, actually sprung to life on the dark web as an AI. It's yeah. a dark web AI. <laughs> contract.
4: Harvesting all the Bitcoin. Because, <laughs> <laughs> yes, I mean.
5: Everybody needs the Bitcoin. I, I mean, the historical NFTs. Bitcoin.
4: I was responsible for it all along. <laughs> Damn it, evil leapers! That's
5: the most evil leaper thing to do, son of a.
4: Oh, um, here was something that we found out at the project. Unless I've missed this, correct me if I'm wrong. Is this the first time we heard that Addison is a captain? Yes. Yeah. I believe
5: mean, oh, so I noticed that as well. Cool.
4: Yeah. I was like, oh, she's a yeah. captain. And then she uses her captain skills in the leap. So it kind of tied together.
0: Yeah. And I do love the fact that they, again, reiterate the fact that she was supposed to be the leaper. And yeah. uh, right, right. You know, I just like, I wonder, if, you know, I hope we get some kind of reaction from Addison at some point, maybe some resentment or just some, some wistfulness. Like this could have been me. Yeah. Because she was yeah. obviously training for it for years. And then Ben just, like, he ripped the rug out right from under her.
4: What if the evil leaper is a jaded Addison from the future? (gasps) Could be. Could (laughs) be. He's got to stop her. She was the evil leaper all along. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so we we find out that she was a a captain, and we also find out uh, some stuff about Ben. Uh, Outside of him being a pacifist, we also find out he speaks Cantonese. Hmm. Yes. One of his several so, languages that he knows. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so that's three we know of so far.
4: Yeah. So wait. Oh, oh right. English, Cantonese and Romanian. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um. How often are you going to be using Romanian in life that he learned Romanian?
0: I I don't know. I I can see the Cantonese. I can see um, a scientist, you know, needing to speak several different languages, especially, you know, with another major power like China and, you know, you know, cooperating with with people from around the globe in their own language can only help. But. Yeah, Romanian, I don't know. Maybe yeah. he's got a Dracula fetish.
3: <laughs>
4: yeah, I mean obviously there's an entire country of people that speak Romanian, but I mean like an American uh working in his field, I don't know how useful it is. I kind of always thought with Sam it's like he was just like the wonder you know, so he would just learn things just cuz he he was bored and he's like I want to learn another language cuz he just needs to like keep himself enriched, you know. Um he I don't think he knew Romanian, but you know, that's why he kind of had this large amount of things. I don't know with Ben. I don't know exactly his story. He has to be extremely smart though. I guess he's got that photographic memory. Maybe it's kind of a similar deal. He's like, I I just want to learn Romanian.
0: <laughs> Maybe I he had a Romanian
4: that, friend and he's like, I want to speak their language. <laughs> I think that it's,
0: this reminds me a lot of uh, the novel Odyssey by Barbara Walton, where she in that novel- That I was one of the Quantum Leap novels? Yes. Yes. The, one of the Quantum Leap novels where it's basically a gifted program for genius kids, and right. she Tino's discusses how. Shh, spoilers. <laughs> so she <sorry>. discusses <laughs> when we get to that novel in three years. Let's see if yeah. anybody people remembers.
4: Will be like, Allison spoiled it. <laughs> you ruined the book club. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but one of the most memorable things in that novel is she discusses how um, people who are, I guess, certified as geniuses do a different type of learning. What they will do instead of just taking a course of of like uh, like a study, they'll absorb the things that they need for their independent studies instead because they they're in pursuit of say a certain goal or a certain idea so they'll pick up everything around that idea that they need to pursue it so maybe that was the case maybe ben needed to learn romanian at some point because it was germane to an area of study that he was pursuing that's the way i choose to look at it mm. so why not I'm cantonese w- why not romanian I, I don't know you know maybe there's I mean, a collider there's- in romania
4: but unless they uh, unless they throw out some in canon explanation, here's going to be my head canon for this. Okay, he one of those uh, people they were dating before they finally got together. Uh, Addison and Ben, you know, they just kind of, they were trying out some different people, never really that serious. Uh, maybe there was some girl or guy, I don't know, someone that he liked that was uh, that spoke Romanian, and he's like, this is going to be so romantic if I like if I learn Romanian, <laughs> <laughs> talk to them in Romanian. <laughs> so he did it to impress them.
0: Oh, there you go. So that sounds... hey, A lot of guys do a lot of things for girls. So yeah,
4: it's plausible. This still <laughs> something dorky he would do. Be like, physics can't be romantic. Oh yeah, I learned Romanian.
0: <laughs> uh-huh. Just you. You haven't heard the poetry of physics until you've heard it in Romanian. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> So that's cool. And I like the fact that, um, Matt, you were talking about the uh, timeline back at the project. Mm. Ben also makes mention of the fact that he hasn't slept since he leapt in, but yeah. Addison says something to the fact, but, but the leap he had, right? So I guess if he's leaping into somebody else's body, does he feel their fatigue or does he have right. his own fatigue from seemingly having been up for five days straight now?
4: Yeah, yeah, well, they uh, Addison says that the the people you've leaped into have slept, implying that y- he would be rested if they were rested. Yeah, but I mean, it's still got to be a head trip. Yeah, well, it's yeah. kind of interesting. He could perpetually, he could be uh, immortal leap if he just kept leaping. Because mm-hmm. he's just going to be in these bodies, right? Like, it's not his body. He's never going to, like, age. Mm-hmm. Well, no, That's but his body is there somehow. His body They're is... They're saying here. the superposition... Is that, that's what I wanted to talk about. Okay, so we've talked about extensively. This is always going to be a thing in the Quantum Leap fandom. Body, mind, leap. It's confusing. They've added another layer of confusion to everything. So uh, to reiterate, for some people who might not remember or haven't listened to the podcast, there was an article where Steve and Lillian discussed how uh, it works in this new series. They explained it as superposition. I don't think that's exactly what it is. But basically, Ben and the Leapy are in the same place at the same time. Um, there is no waiting room because they thought that it was too confusing, couldn't wrap their head around, whatever. But a lot of people, which is why this is the number one question, have not read that article, don't know what the hell's going on, very confused by the show, wonder why the where the waiting room is, where Ben's body is. And if you go by just the text of what's in the show... It makes no sense if they're in the same place at the same time because several times now they've referred to it as not ben's body as if it doesn't matter like ben even says in this episode not my body while he's drinking which was very funny but if ben was in the same place at the same time it would it would affect him so as far as the text in the show goes he's just his mind has been inserted into someone else's body so where is ben's body i think they need to to do some lip service as to how it works in this new show, yeah. And they're going out of their way to not even talk about it, so I yeah, guess. it's just another confusing like it's it's just it's the same amount of vague confusingness as the original show, just they're going with mind leaps more than body leaps. But the body is still there somehow, but the body's still there. No, but they haven't said the body's still there, they haven't. It might said mean, according to Lily, they're confusing
5: yeah. than the original, series. yeah.
4: But I mean, if you're just going with the with just what's been said or presented on the show, it is just Ben's mind in this person's body until they Wouldn't say it? that this is his body in the same place. A lot of this seems to contradict that because it acts like it's not his body and it doesn't affect him. So. Okay, I
0: have I have the perfect way to have saved the back of the project stuff this this week. Um, congressman's there, and uh, because it's a mindly, Ben's body is just hanging around, and they do like a weekend at Bernie's.
4: <laughs> <laughs> parading around with sunglasses exactly- on, like,
0: hey, going they got on. like a stick on his hand and he's waving from the accelerator chair.
4: I have a cold. <laughs> they put a mask on him, you know, COVID, and the, so they don't they can disguise that he's not really talking. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking like it's like a young Frankenstein kind of thing, like it's like a body but no one's home. So he's just kind of stumbling around. And, Isn't that right, Ben? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but there was
0: nobody there was nobody to hide there's or...
4: nobody <laughs> nobody
0: because <laughs> he stepped into can, can that I quantum say... <laughs> and, and vanished right?
4: <laughs> yeah well if okay if ben's body wherever the hell it happens to be it seems like we are just seeing ben for the benefit of the audience what do, who does addison see because Addison immediately in the pilot knows who Ben is and makes a beeline for him when she appears. So yeah. how does she know who Ben's supposed to be unless she can see Ben? But how she would must. that work? She She can see Ben because the brain waves or what? Yeah.
0: Maybe it's the whole leaper hologram dynamic. If Ben was supposed to be the observer, uh, maybe they were going to be linked somehow anyway. So it just is working in the reverse flow. I don't know. But- She obviously sees Ben because she thinks he looks hot as a cowboy. Yeah. Right? She thinks he's sexy (laughs) cowboy. she's not ending on the abuelo. Right. When she's she's teaching him to shoot, she sure wants to nuzzle that neck, so I don't think she's seeing that old guy's neck, I'll tell you that. (laughs) It's pure 100% Raymond
4: Lee. (laughs) She's she's seeing that hot bod. (laughs) You know it. Just (laughs) thinking about that scene in Kevin Knaff himself when when, uh, his character Sam is sleeping in a cot in the back and then Kevin sees it and is like, oh, it's got the shaping your rocking hot bod. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Do we have any more? <laughs> yeah. This is this is a, a monumentous episode, by the way, because this is the first time I actually wrote notes for the new show. Whoa. All the other ones I've been winging it, either because it's last minute or I'm like, I got the idea. <laughs> this time I'm like, no, there's too much. There's too much. Did towns. Like Salvation exists where it, it appears to I was be wondering that. it appears to be a town full of uh, outsiders, they call them. But it's a lot of like people of color, mostly not all, but yeah. a lot of like, you know, I had a couple people of questions who about white that, too.
0: Yeah, I had yeah, questions about that. Not, not only not only that, but was I the only one that thought that Deputy Henry was also coded gay? Because he's saying I couldn't be who I was. I can be who I am here. Oh, I thought he
4: just meant like you know uh, because he's black. I I don't know if they, if he. Well, I don't know. I I thought it
0: could be both because when Ian says to Addison, "Do you want me to tell you what I can about one of the most romanticized and wildly inaccurately historical Mm. periods, the Old West?" Is mythologized to a ridiculous point where you only have one single sort of thought about how it was based on popular media and that's been happening since like the turn of the last century.
4: Yeah, so, well, and, and also it erases a lot of contributions uh to cowboy right. culture and the way that it started with uh indigenous mestizo uh black people, you know, like people of yeah. color. Yeah, oh, exactly. I, there was, I feel like yeah.
0: <laughs> I feel like salvation was sort of like like a catch-all Symbol of no, it wasn't all John Wayne fighting Indians. Um, yeah. there were actual people uh, living lives outside of uh, the quote uh, you know, normal society because they were on the frontier and therefore gave them a measure of freedom that they would not have otherwise had. Right. And everybody could fit into that, which is why I thought not only was it a lot of people of color living more independent lives, but also, hey, um it could be people of different sexual orientations as well. Mm.
4: Yeah, maybe. I didn't think about that. It's interesting to view it through that lens. They're, they're very vague about some of this. I do feel like they dance around some of the things they could have been more uh, direct about. Yeah.
0: I, I, I really think it was just sort of a nod to say, if we're going to do these kinds of leaps, we're not going to be giving you the stereotypical
4: historical picture that you're used right. to. So I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, I know there was an interview with Raymond Lee where he talked about filming this episode, and he said, like, it was so cool to be able to be the lead in this Western story as an Asian person, because a lot of the time it's like, well, they're the guys that make the gunpowder, you know, they don't get to be the the star of the story. And so it was Mm -hmm. really cool he got to lead this. Mm -hmm. And I think that it must have been really cool for the actors involved in this episode in general, because there were a lot of great parts for people of color there wasn't that many white people in this town so it was yeah it was really cool to see a different take on on a western yeah
0: and uh natalia del riego i think that's she pronounced it she played valentina she was
4: terrific yeah like, how yeah, she old was, is she in real life she was playing 15 she looked pretty young young yeah. yeah she she held her own i don't know how old she actually is but if she's around that age she uh she carried a lot of scenes like she had some real emotional moments too, you know, really like brought it out. Yeah, to me she was sort of the heart of the episodes. like whenever she was on
0: screen, I got more invested in the western part of the story.
4: Yeah. I thought they did some kind of interesting uh, contrast of the historical stuff with the future stuff, maybe by default because it's a western. but I, I thought it was kind of a cool image when they're uh, they're starting the ambush and then there's that quick shot of Addison disappearing. Like, she kind of folds in with the hologram mm. effect. It was just really cool. It was it was just slick, you know, and I thought that was kind of interesting seeing that in the, the cowboy setting. Yeah. Uh, I thought in general there were a lot of cool things uh, in this episode visually. Yeah, I like the way it looked. It's really impressive the amount of stuff that they can do now that they couldn't do in the 90s, uh, such as they um, took out a bunch of trees and CGI'd in uh, a mountain yeah. in the giant... Uh, in the backdrop when they show uh, the entire town that's all like added in in post because you can see some pre-effect shots uh, in the screeners and uh, it's really cool that they're able to do that I liked also there was this shot I think it comes in from commercial when um, Addison's teaching Ben how to shoot or trying to and they do this like quick Pan up like a whip pan up from His feet over to him holding The gun and uh, The gun I think is out of focus And then he's in focus and he tries to do the shot And it was just like a really cool Mm. Slick move and I like that they they pepper them in, but they don't make it overpowering because then it goes into like prestige trek where the camera can't stop. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's like somebody locked that camera down, please for the love of yeah. God. Oh, no, it's upside down now. Oh, they're yeah. never going to stop.
4: <laughs> I, I do want to say that it was less intrusive in this episode because it's a Western, but I do want them to lay off the pee filter. <laughs> the, the 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 yellow color the pp filter there was less Can, of it we, yeah there was less of it it felt it was super pp filter in the in the room when he leaps in he's talking to Valentina mm. and then he goes out and the world's all bright and colorful and I'm like what is going on it's like Wizard of Oz like <laughs> that, hitting, it was, like, it it was like, too
0: colorful it was way too colorful
4: <laughs> I, yeah no I I liked that. I thought that was some of the best the shows looked like I don't know if that was a pre effects shot or what but um, if they could lay off the yellow that would be great. Oh, also, I wanted to give credit to this episode. The scoring was much better than we've seen in other episodes. I don't know if it's just because it's a Western. They felt they had to pull out the Western score, but I thought it sounded great. Mm, It felt less CSI. It had this kind of adventure aspect to it. Yeah, I really enjoyed that.
0: I agree with the scoring. I noticed it because you pointed it out last week. So now I'm keeping a particular ear out and they did. You noticed it. Mm -hmm. Ah. They they did give it uh, a little bit more of a Western flavor. Which, yeah, yeah, harkens back to the original. So yeah, good. good, good that it, it um, helps
4: bring you into the time and
0: the, the feel of what the leap is supposed to right. be. And the composers are obviously listening to what you're saying,
4: Allison. So. <laughs> yeah, they are. They're listening to me. Fandom thanks you. yes. <laughs> 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 yeah, the, yeah, they did a great job with this this week. Uh, yeah, I felt like it, it had it was really dynamic. Instead of like you know the CSI stuff can be very brrr, and then a drum track you know. <laughs> <laughs> why does no one wonder why Ben knows about this copper vein at the end? He's like, ah, anyway, there's a copper vein out there. We could get some more money with that. Cool. <laughs> well, yeah. how does he know that? <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. I, I passed it on my way here. Yeah, that's yeah, how I guess. When I was riding in San town. Francisco, yeah, yeah. In- or it was San Diego or San Francisco? San Where was Francisco. It? They would just throw money at the problem. But, they would just uh, throw money at the problem. Yeah,
0: with San Francisco, and what I love is like he's like, oh, I got that copper vein, and then Diego de la Cruz is going to leap back in uh, when when Ben is gone, and they're going to be like, so. Where's that copper? Oh, I don't know. What are you talking about? Yeah. Give me, where, where's the whiskey? That's what I want. He to know. <laughs> just
4: gave a general idea of where it was. This big old area, of the Old West. You didn't yeah. get direct <laughs> right line to that. Yeah, speaking of money too, I was a little confused by this. Maybe I just don't know how Old West politics works. So. This is not Bitcoin on the dark web, though, is it? No, it's not Bitcoin on the dark web. <laughs> <laughs> Bitcoin on the dark web. Uh, uh, there's a, a reward for McDonough, but also he works for the railroad. They're going to they're gonna employ someone that they also that's also wanted. Like maybe yes. is it just an awards a reward for him someplace else? But they don't they don't communicate all the time. It could be. Well, I, 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 don't I don't know. <laughs> They don't yeah, have the, them talk boxes yet. The magic They're going to become boxes. a thing.
0: But they do have telegraphs, so they can have notes travel at the speed of light. And the fact that he was
4: just a notorious outlaw, there were posters and stuff. The railroads, we'd have to
0: ask a real historian about this, someone who knows the period. I don't think it would be above the robber barons that ran railroads to hire murderers to scare people out of their claims and get them out of town so that they could run the tracks through. And the fact that this guy was even offering them like compensation to buy them out. And Pretty some good. of them were taking it, you know. But meanwhile, he'll just shoot you dead in the street, especially if you're the sheriff, you know.
4: <laughs> he shot the sheriff, but he didn't shoot the deputy. All right. <laughs> I was waiting for it. He paid off the deputy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I liked uh, Ben and Addison calling each other cowboy and partner.
5: Oh, <laughs> That it's was more cute. more the flirty flirts. And one last note, uh, no leap out. No. But that's no. because uh, the, the ending was just too boom. I...
4: Yeah, unless they change this for air, but there were credits included on the screener that we have. So I think that's just how it ends. Yeah, that was interesting.
5: Yeah.
0: At the end of the last episode, it was just uh, the leap out. And then, you know, the old west, but you saw it, right? And then it went to the credits. But then on NBC, when the show aired, there was a whole next week on quantum leap kind of deal. It was like a whole preview um, that ran under the closing credits. So I'm thinking we might get the same thing on the for air version this week maybe we'll get some of that earthquake footage
5: isn't that always the case though that the the screener and the one that airs on peacock has text over a black screen and then what airs on and on city tv for that matter and then what airs on nbc has the trailer trailer running underneath the yeah, I don't know yeah, because... Network
4: television in America does not show credits. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they right. just have commercials but the, over it but or next the other time versions. or whatever. Yeah.
5: So I don't think this is just a screener thing. It's also because the, the Peacock versions and the Canadian versions are black screen with music. But, yeah. but w- there there what
0: I'm are saying... versions
4: that will have the credits, just not as it airs. And I,
0: so it doesn't necessarily mean that we won't be seeing scenes from next week when we watch it on air. We'll we'll see a trailer as
5: opposed to right, exactly, uh, as opposed to a leap in, Yeah. yeah.
4: Yeah, and because um, because it leaps out into, or it's going to lead into the original pilot, which is the Earthquake episode, it may be it just opens in a less punchy way that didn't really fit, especially when they have the cliffhanger anyway. They might have wanted to like make some more time for some stuff and just do it that way, yeah. because the, the original pilot obviously wasn't built to be a punchy leap in, like, oh, what's going to happen next?
0: Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that all remains to be seen. I trust them. Because they have had now a year to to fix this, <laughs> basically yeah. to fix to, to redo this to redo this pilot as as an episode. So I'm sure that yeah. they have made it as much as they can integrated it into uh, the flow of where we're na- where we are now, and hopefully keeping a lot of the great footage uh, from a very expensive pilot, which is really what's foremost on their minds. I'm sure so
4: yeah it's gonna be weird but uh, i'm looking forward to seeing it because uh the footage should look exciting so i want to see that episode (sighs) i don't know about you guys got anything else uh i think we should
0: probably move into some final thoughts yeah sounds good all right allison
4: this was a great time i think if there's anyone listening who hasn't been watching the show maybe they're on the fence uh you should check this one out because it was a lot of fun all right how about you matt
5: yeah i'm still with fun 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 um you guys have both got me thinking about some problematic stuff that I'd kind of glossed over, uh, but still, I yeah, I think when I next go to watch it, I'm going to enjoy it. Good episode. And there were many,
0: many, many, Parts of this episode that I really, really enjoyed. I have nothing against it per se. I you just, writers, you're going to have to uh, really, really convince me that leaping Ben outside of his own lifetime is a good idea. Maybe next time he'll be a flapper in the 20s. That'll be pretty cool. But <laughs> I, I I really I, I, want that to feel more quantum leapy instead of generic time travel y. So we'll see. We'll see. But I'm, I'm not adverse to the idea. You're just going to have to sell me. That being said, fun episode. A good continuation, great reveal at the end, and I can't wait to see how all of the bigger picture now starts unfolding because I'm really now invested in that. And uh, that's a good place to be. So so I guess it's time for us to pick up sticks on Salvation or Bust, but stay tuned because after the break, we will be bringing you our interview with Mark McCullough. Yeehaw! Yeehaw! <laughs> on the latest episode of Fanjin.
5: There's a lot of Star Trek stuff going on in my life right now, so I figured what better to talk about. When other guys my age were kissing girls, I was memorizing the Maiko Kuda chronology. (laughs)
4: You may be the only Chakotay cosplayer that ever existed. Exactly.
0: I was actually that angry fan who didn't like Next Gen because it was usurping my childhood.
5: Remember when the captain would make out with the (laughs) green-skinned women? (laughs) Oh, man, you guys are making me want to go watch the
4: original series now. Can we hurry up and stop this? Gonna have the captain threaten to punch a woman in the face. <laughs>
0: he was going to knock her on her ass. Thank you very much.
4: Really endearing intro to Archer. I
0: have an NX-01 baseball cap. I have total faith of the heart now. Nice. Riker
4: making pizza was the best part, though. <laughs> <laughs> I would watch a show where it's just Riker making pizza. That's the next spinoff we need. To find out how to hear this and other Patreon-exclusive shows,
0: go to patreon.com slash podcast. That's patreon.com
5: slash quantum leap podcast come over here chris and let's watch spock's brain (laughs) there's a spot here just for (laughs) how
0: i've waited for this moment okay everyone we're back and as promised here is our interview with mark mccullough Well, joining us now is William Mark McCullough. Mark, welcome to the Quantum Leap Podcast.
2: Thank you. I'm excited to be chatting with you guys today.
0: Well, we're excited to have you. Um, You're one of the first main guest stars that we've gotten since the show has premiered the new series. And you get the fun part of being the bad guy in this episode, yes. and I see it's just the latest in an acting resume that is kind of packed with heavies and, and darker roles, and yeah. I was doing some research on you. I found that kind of surprising because I saw in your life before acting, you were kind of steeped in, like, law and order. So can you yeah. tell us a bit about um, how you made the transition from your pre-acting life into acting?
2: Sure. You know, I, I actually fell in love with acting in college and um, studied, new theater and didn't learn one thing about how to get a job as an actor. So when I graduated from school, like a lot of lost souls, I went to law school thinking, you know, well, that's something to kill three years. And I like D.C. And uh, yeah, I, uh, I got out of law school, started working as a prosecutor and was miserable and really just, you know, I, I really loved acting. I just didn't know what to do. And I took a trip down to Nicaragua just uh, as a fun trip got in a really bad car accident, and spent about five weeks in the hospital. And it literally just changed the trajectory of my life. Uh, it made me realize, you know, life is so short, you gotta do what you love. So when I healed up enough to get back to the States, I quit my job, moved to LA, and started what I lovingly refer to as my ramen noodle years, uh, as I tried to learn <laughs> <laughs> how to maneuver this uh, this industry. Uh, but it is interesting because in real life, if you ask my mom and my grandmom and my hopefully my brothers and sisters, they tell you I'm a teddy bear, and a very sweet, loving person. But I have certainly made a career of playing not very nice people.
0: That's for sure. Um, how did quantum leap come your way?
2: I gotta say, first of all, I'll premise this by saying that quantum leap is my favorite show of all time, the original, I, <gasps> I loved it as a kid. Uh, <laughs> didn't miss an episode. And basically, I got an audition uh, from my agent in la and you know nowadays we we basically uh, tape our auditions on camera and email them in and i remember getting it and i was so excited And i wrote my agent said oh my god this is my favorite show of all time and he wrote me back and he said me too i'm so excited and so <laughs> the crazy thing is uh you know you have to bring another actor over to read with you because it, i'm taping the audition at my house so the person who comes over to my house she had not seen the show you know back you know when it was originally out so i started telling her a little about the show And I start describing to her the series finale. And I literally break down in tears telling her about the series finale (laughs) right before I do the audition to play this really bad character on on the new new iteration (laughs) of the show. Um, So I got to say, you know, I I work a lot and I'm always very grateful for every job I get. But I have not been as excited about booking a job as I was about booking this one since I was a wee little baby new actor. I was just so thrilled uh, to be a part of the Quantum Leap world.
5: That's amazing, and it's it's not often we get people who have um, such a love for the original series. A lot of the people we speak to, are you know, it was before their time, or they're they're kind of they're, they're new to it, they're just discovering it. You you say you're excited by it. Did was there also a sense of heavy weight on your shoulders joining this this long legacy? Or was it just that much fun that, that that just bypassed that part of your brain?
2: It was mostly fun, you know, for me, like getting to be a part of the universe of something that was so important to me as a kid. Uh, I, I literally felt like a little kid waking up on Christmas morning over and over and over with a giant pony in front. You know, what I mean, I was just like every day on the way to <laughs> set, I was just pinching myself saying this is amazing. And I couldn't shut up about it on set about <laughs> how excited I was to be there. I'm sure they probably got tired of hearing me say it, uh, but I really was. And, and I, I love the script. And uh, I mean, it was just this this combination of factors that was magical the the script was wonderful i loved the original show the cast could not have been kinder more just accepting and loving and supportive the crew was amazing the director the writers the producers the showrunner i mean it was just uh you know you work on shows you work on films and generally they're all pretty good but every once in a while you come across one like this one where you can just tell they've created this Uh, environment of of joy and love and support. And it was one of the most magical moments, even taking away the fact that I'm such a huge fan of the show, just from a pure work experience. It was magical. Like they were all so amazing to work with.
0: That is terrific to hear. Oh, now that I know that you're one of us, I, I want to pick your brain about the old series and totally geek out, but I'm going to stick to uh, <laughs> the episode that you started first. Um, you were talking about working on the set, and this is by far one of the most cinematic episodes of the new series that we've seen yet. And you had a lot of action scenes, including horseback riding and gunslinging. And I just want to know a little bit about how you guys brought that dynamic to life, because it seemed like a very, very... Very active kind of shoot.
2: Mm-hmm. It, it was very active uh, from a, from an acting perspective. It was probably one of the most difficult shoots I've done. Um, you know, I can I can give monologues and I can ride a horse, but doing those at the same time uh, brought a lot a lot of complexity to both. That was that was difficult. <laughs> uh, but they had a great team. You know, they sent me to uh, they sent me to training to ride the horses and kind of prep what we were going to do. Uh, they had really great experts on set to uh, kind of help me out. Um, uh, but it was just it was in some ways difficult, but at the same time, I mean, I felt like an eight year old kid, you know, getting to play, you know, dress up like a cowboy and, and shoot him up and jump on horses. I mean, it was it was pretty it was pretty exciting, the whole the whole concept. Um, but but they made sure there was a team in place that uh, allowed us to look uh, look like we knew what we were doing.
0: So if you can, can you tell us a little bit more about how that works? Because said you, you were riding a horse and you have a monologue, but then you have more, I guess, establishing shots, more master shots where there is a lot of activity. Is that more stunt people? Is that you guys like how, how did, how do they get all of that, that together?
2: Well, there was nothing really uh, too stunt oriented as far as what I did. Uh, So um, they had a double there for me at my disposal, but, I didn't need him because, you know, basically, uh, you know, I, I ride into town, I, I give the speech, I ride out. So there's nothing crazy that I was doing on a horse. So uh, I guess just in case I was uncomfortable or couldn't do it, they had someone there available for me, but but I didn't need to. Now, the folks who were part of my my gang, uh, they were expert horse riders. Uh, so uh, they, they were stunt folks who were well-versed in all the things they were doing.
0: That's cool. I also noticed that uh, one of the gang members was female, which Mm -hmm. you didn't get on first glance. It took me a couple of times of seeing the episode, but I said, oh, someone's wearing um, boots with heels. So (laughs) it was it was a neat, a neat little twist on that. And Mm -hmm. it's not the first time that we've spoken to guest stars who have worked closely with stunt people, not just as doubles to do action. But it seems that the the production uses stunt people as extras. Mm-hmm. in quite a few uh, quite a few episodes we spoke mm-hmm. to mark braver who is uh one of the one that's been in at least two so it's it's just a neat i, I don't think we've ever in, in interviewing people for the show um heard that part of it so i find mm-hmm. it very interesting
2: yeah it was interesting like I, as you saw you know we have the, the kind of the shootout scene at the end and there's fire involved and one of my gang members gets drug across the you know the the front of the uh, saloon uh so they kind of just brought those guys in as stunt people uh from the very beginning you know and and uh you know and they're they're professionals so they're very good at what they do and uh they looked uh, if i haven't seen the show yet but they looked amazing you know uh on set uh, as as the roles so.
5: just just to build on chris's question a little bit um one of the other things that we're getting a picture of behind the scenes is that the um there's a lot of expertise being brought in to to support the actors did those those stunt people with that expertise were they helping you in terms of the the physicality behind the role
2: well th- I had folks who uh, who helped me with the horses that you that weren't on camera uh, they were very very helpful in just showing me um, you know we sh- I showed up for a few days before we started shooting I think it was three days and Uh, went to their location, actually got on the horse that I rode in the show and kind of went through all the steps that we were going to do. And they were, they were there. uh, You know, when we did the wide shots, the master shots, obviously they weren't close by, but when we did the close ups, they were right off camera, just in case something went wrong. And, and also with horses, like I just finished um, Friday evening, a show I've been working the last five weeks that involved a lot of horse riding. And what I found is, is the horses get so excited when they hear action and there's all the, the extras and all the energy going on, it really gets them amped up and, uh, and they'll be sitting there very calmly between takes. And as soon as the AD calls action, they're just kind of all, you know, they're, they're filled up with energy. So getting a horse to sit still while I'm trying to give a speech to the town was very difficult. Uh, so one of the guys who was, you know, knows what he's doing just off camera, kind of helping keep the horse calm. And steady, so I could do what I needed to do without spinning around in circles with this horse being all amped up.
0: <laughs> so, tell us a little bit more about the logistics of the shoot. Um, you said that you were there for about three days, but it looked like you had some daytime shooting, you had some nighttime shooting. What is the the, the shooting schedule like for the new series?
2: I was actually there filming for two weeks. I was doing horse oh, riding wow. training for three days. So, oh. Um, yeah, they before week started shoot. filming. I went to a to a, a facility where they literally just spent three days showing me how to ride the horse, showing me what I needed to do. But when we started filming, it was for nine, eight or nine days, I believe. Um, I started on a Wednesday and shot through the following Friday.
0: Wow. That's that's pretty intense. Is that is that a long time for a TV show?
2: That's normal uh, for one hour dramas, generally eight days. The show I'm working on now, we're doing an eight hmm. day shoot. Uh, that's pretty, pretty run of the mill. But it's amazing to me okay. how much they get done in eight days. Uh, that That's, you know, I, I, I'm a filmmaker as well. And uh, doing, you know, whatever it is, 48 minutes in eight days is pretty, pretty amazing, especially at the level of quality that they deliver at. It.
0: Yeah. I, it, it it's amazing to me just how much goes into every episode of TV that we see. We've spoken to many types of, uh, crew people from, you know, editors to directors to guest stars like yourself and just the, the massive machinery that has to go into motion to get one episode of television done is staggering. And, um, Speaking to that, you said that you, you also work on the other side of the camera. As mm-hmm. a producer, we see that you have some writing credits, some, even some director credits. Um, what projects are you working on outside of the acting stuff?
2: Mm-hmm. Well, I actually wrote, directed, and produced a movie called A Savannah Haunting. And we're getting a uh, select theater release nationwide, October 28th. And it'll be available on all major digital platforms. Uh, but I wrote the the script based on real events that had happened in my family's home in Savannah, Georgia, and uh, very proud of it. You know, We were one of the first films in the country to shoot during COVID, so we faced some pretty major obstacles, but uh, we had the film do a film festival run around the world, and we won a ton of Best Film Awards, Best Actor, Best Actress, uh, and we won awards where usually you know horror films aren't beating out dramas for Best Film, but we were, so I'm very proud of it and folks are interested, they can check out a Savannah haunting.com. Um, uh, but, uh, yeah, it'll be playing in a lot of, a lot of places. And, uh, uh, it's something that, you know, a lot of folks came together to make that. Um, but I, I look at how difficult it was to make that movie. And, you know, we, we were shooting, you know, probably six, seven pages a day. Um, and, and I look at some of these television shows that are just, you know, the level of stuff they do the, and, and the the, the logistics of some of the things like with, with the episode of quantum leap, I'm mean, just, we're shooting on the NBC back lot, which I was told is the oldest, uh, film lot in, in the world. Like I think they to the early 1900s. Um, and just all they went through. I mean, they, they created this saloon that one week it's just an empty building. The following week it's this gorgeous, beautiful saloon, fully out, you know, fully outfitted uh, as if it's 1879, uh, it blows me away watching the craftsmen and the folks who bring their expertise to these shows uh, and how fast they do it and how fast they edit it. I mean, we we shot this. I think I wrapped this show five weeks ago and it's already on. You know, that, 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 that time span is such a short period of time to go from finishing to it airing. So, uh, yeah, my, my hat's off to all the folks that bring it to the, to the screen.
0: if I can back up a little bit, uh, to a Savannah haunting based on something you said, are you telling us you grew up in a haunted house?
2: Yes. Yes. Uh, the house is, uh, <laughs> it, it had always That's been, uh, it, it had always had things <laughs> going on, uh, very, very weird, sometimes scary, dark things. And I moved away after, after high school. And, uh, you know, my family would would chat about it a little bit, but we never went into any detail because, you know, you just didn't want to sound like you were crazy, right? And I I, I was living in LA for a long time, and I returned to Savannah for uh, some family reasons uh, several years ago, and so it was the first time I'd spent any real time in the house since I was a little kid, and I was there about nine months, and it reached a point where it was terrifying to be in the house. Like I, I just. The upstairs was off limits. Like I just wouldn't even walk upstairs during the middle of the day. It was so scary. And um, my my producing partner came to visit, and she stayed in one of the rooms upstairs and had a terrifying experience. And you know, then we started talking, and she said, "Look, you should really capture some of the things that have gone on in this house and turn it into a screenplay." And uh, and I did that, and, and I just it, it was rather easy to write the script because. You know, so much had happened to me in the house and to to people who had lived there, people had visited. And like I said, we got shut down because of COVID uh, for about five months before we could actually start filming um, from the point we started till the time we actually got finished. So we shot this documentary, feature-length documentary, kind of covering the history of the haunting. We brought in, uh, you know, lots of paranormal experts, a voodoo priestess, an Eastern Orthodox priest. We brought in historians. And one of the things I found was so interesting, uh, like I didn't direct that because I thought, you know, it's so close to me, I'm going to step back and let someone else direct it. But they interviewed me first and I kind of explained all the stories that happened to me, all the kind of supernatural events that happened to me. Then they went and interviewed other people who had lived in the house you know, over the past 30 years. And what was so shocking is the number of stories that were exactly the same. And they had no idea what had happened to me and i didn't know what happened to them but you literally you can watch the interviews back to back and it's just so specific and, and and um so similar the other thing that was really surprising is you know the super most of the supernatural elements that take place in the movie were things that had i had experienced or family members had experienced uh, but there were some historical elements i'd put into the script that i just made up uh, one of them being that on the property there in savannah there had been a plantation house that was burned down during the civil war and the current house was built over that plantation house, and that causes some 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 havoc, right? Just made it up. We bring in a historian to research the property and the in the history of the area. There was a plantation house on my property that burned down during the Civil War, and I had no idea. And i had literally just put that into the script. Uh, so there was interesting things like that that popped up, uh, that uh, that were really shocking, really shocking.
0: Will that documentary be part of like a special features bonus with the film when it's released? Or is that going to be its own separate thing?
2: We worked way too hard on it for it to be a DVD bonus. So it's going to be a separate film that we're going to release. We're still doing post-production on that. Uh, We expect to have that wrapped up probably in the next two months. And we'll have a release probably several months after that. But it'll be fun. I mean, I think in many ways, the documentary is even scarier than the narrative because it's just filled with security cam footage you know, interviews with people that, that uh, things happen to, um, you know, and we, one of the things that we cover in the documentary as well, were the challenges we faced trying to film in an actual haunted house, because we shot the movie in my house. And I really wanted to kind of, uh, I wanted to capture what it felt like to be in an actual haunted house, because so often I'll see supernatural haunted house films and, you know, blood's coming out of the walls and creatures are jumping out, you know, it just, that's not what happens, right? At least not in my experience. So the film really focuses on that slow creeping dread that comes when you live in an actual house that has darkness in it. Uh, and and so, yeah, so we, we wanted to capture that and the documentary just really goes in detail about it, but also it covers what we faced. We had a lot of cast and crew who were threatening to quit because they just were so scared shooting in the house. They had things happen to them. Um, so I think it'll be a fun documentary for people who are interested in and in kind of behind the scenes of filmmaking and also people who are interested in, you know, haunted houses and the supernatural and those kind of things.
0: Mind-blowing. <laughs>
5: Too bad <Stupid laughs> not here.
0: Halloween's <laughs> her favorite thing. She would, she would talk to you for the next two hours. <laughs> yeah.
5: She missed a good one.
2: Yeah. Cool. Will you guys check it out if you get a chance?
5: Yeah, we will. The um, the the listeners will as well. I'm sure. Um, maybe just uh, just switching back to Quantum Leap for a bit. Um, you've you've obviously been a a fan for a long time. What kind of what kind of changes have you noticed? We we've all been observing this as fans ourselves. That this is a a relaunch, a reboot, however you want to describe it. This is a a different show and a similar show. Have have you had a chance to see the first few episodes uh, that mm-hmm. have aired?
2: Yes. Well, I, there's several things about the show that are different that I find very interesting. I, I really like the fact that they focus much more on the present. Uh, you know, I, I remember as a kid watching Quantum Leap. I mean, there were a couple of quick moments where we saw, you know, 1999 or whatever, you know. Uh, but I like how they really kind of delve into that a lot. Uh, and I like kind of seeing the, um, the world of the present day Quantum Leap, you know, the, the 2022 uh, is really fun. Um, and I think it really, it it affects the dynamics a lot, you know, in in the original, it really felt like it was those two main characters and everyone else was kind of like guest, you know, guest characters every episode. Uh, and this feels more like a, like a bigger team, you know, we're really seeing the team side of, of the quantum leap project. And, And for me, the idea of the ties to the government. I mean, that was obviously hinted at, and maybe I was a kid, I didn't pick up on as much when I watched the original, but, but that, that sense of like being a government project and the, and, and the, the Pentagon aspect of it, I think that's really interesting. It gives a lot of places for the, the, uh, the storytellers to kind of dig into that maybe in the original they didn't go into as much.
0: I'm finding that, uh, A very interesting new wrinkle in this as well. And uh, I'm appreciating the fact that they're building that as much as they're sort of building the leap part of the series because it is part of the dynamic that we never really got to see in the original series. And it allows for a new kind of storytelling on Quantum Leap that wasn't possible with Sam and Al just being the main ones that you see. Um, That being said, um, since you are a nerd like us, what is your favorite episode of quantum leap because I know all the listeners are dying to know
2: <laughs> gosh the favorite episode um, there were so many that I loved uh, the episode and I don't know episode titles you guys may, may know that but uh, when we'll Sand- help you with that <laughs> yes uh, I think the uh, the JFK uh, episodes were really cool when it goes back in time to to we think to stop the JFK assassination, you learn it's actually to, you know, keep his wife, uh, Jackie O alive.
0: Oh, that's, uh, Lee Harvey Oswald. Lee Harvey Oswald. Yeah. 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 The season yeah, five was... opener.
2: Yeah. Oh, there you go. So yeah, you guys, you guys know more than me. Uh, but yeah, I remember <laughs> that one really was, was, uh, powerful and stood out in my, uh, in my mind, but I just the dynamic between Alan Sam was so amazing. Um, like I said, and three, the, the, the series finale. Uh, I know some folks didn't like it, but I loved it, and I thought it. I mean, I, again, it just brings me to tears. I thought the, I thought that final scene, um, you know, where we see where we see Sam, you know, show up in Al's ex-wife's room and 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 go to speak to her. I was like, that is, it, it's still, like I said, when I try to describe it, I'm not even going to get into it on this because I don't want to break down tears. But it was such a powerful ending to the show for me. So you know, we're still talking about speak- it three decades later
0: we yeah. are yeah and we've gotten to speak to um susan deal who plays beth twice oh, wow. and she still gets emotional about it mm-hmm. yeah she she it's affected her she can't listen to georgia anymore without welling oh. up so yeah you're not alone in that yeah. yeah it's it's a it's a big touchstone for everybody who was involved it seems especially uh the actors that were in it so mm-hmm. speaking of actors i know that you were primarily on set with raymond and Caitlin. were you Mm -hmm. able to interact with any of the other main cast while you were uh shooting
2: unfortunately no because they just you know they're obviously a different set than where we were filming in the in the old west set um so caitlin and raymond the only main folks that i got to work with but my gosh both of those folks are so nice uh and talented So I I very much enjoyed working with them. But I I would have loved to at least uh, run into the other cast, you know, at at base camp, the trailers or something. But unfortunately, I didn't see them.
0: We know that your time is limited. And um, I just wanted to know, are there any other aspects of your time working with the show that you haven't touched upon that you'd like to tell us about? Any stories from the set?
2: Uh, Gosh, there's a lot of stories from the set. Uh, You know, it was interesting, you know... we. (laughs) Because it's, it's the Old West, we're wearing layers of leather, and I'm wearing a lot of black. And we were filming during the heat wave in L.A. So all that sweat you see on me is definitely not fake. It was so hot on set mm-hmm. when we were shooting. Uh, but, you know, I, I know the uh, the crew kept checking on us, and, and the scene where uh, we had the f- flames surrounding us, you know, with the big kind of standoff, you know, many times they kept walking I'm going are you okay everything's safe you feel comfortable and I was just thinking my gosh I'm getting to shoot these you know old cowboy guns and play in, it in the middle of fire and a old west street like I am definitely good like this is this is literally what the eight-year-old <laughs> me would have asked for for Christmas if he had the chance you know what I mean it was it was so much fun yeah. so yeah it was uh yeah I mean I, I literally still looking back on it I'm just giddy that I got an opportunity to be a part of it and to play with those uh, all the actors the guest actors were great uh, obviously series regulars were awesome and and just the entire team and something that I've noticed just working this business for a while you know the 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 energy on set is created at the top and that energy goes down and if the people at the top are kind and thoughtful and understanding and helpful and uh, it just seeps all the way to through everyone and it works the other way as well and so, you know, for me, it's like, it was so clear that the people running the show uh, have created such a great energy and such a great environment because it's the nature of the show that with every episode being a different location, different time period, there's a lot of guest casts obviously coming in every single week. And they just did such a great job in making all of us feel like we were part of the family. And, and th- that doesn't always happen on a TV show where you're coming in for one episode, you know, everyone's been working together for weeks months or years and they just really uh we showed up and it's like boom day one we were just embraced as if we were one of the one of the family. so yeah kudos to all those guys
0: that sounds like kind of a holdover from the environment on the original series everybody that we've spoken to could not be any more complimentary to the just the vibe on -hmm. that set and saying that it really started from scott and it went down the Scott, mm-hmm. we've never heard a bad word about Scott ever from anybody. I mean, he's apparently the nicest guy in the world. Oh. And it's nice to hear that That we're not just seeing the legacy of Quantum Leap continue in front of the camera. We're seeing sort of that, that collegial familial vibe continuing behind the camera as well. Mm-hmm. So I, to me, that bodes well for the formula, for the longevity of the show, because if you have an environment like that, I think you're naturally just going to make a more sincere product. Mm-hmm. So it's so great to hear that that is the way it is on that set, because it, I think it's very important for 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 a, a lasting success.
2: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think when people are comfortable and relaxed, everyone does a better job from the craft services, PA, to the writers, to the, to the actors. Uh, if you're, if you're supported and loved and feel like you're part of the, of the team, uh, I think you're going to bring your magic much better than if you don't feel that way.
0: Well, do you have any messages for, uh, fellow leapers out there?
2: Uh, pursue your dreams, whatever they are. I am so glad that I, uh, ignored all my family and friends and quit being a lawyer to pursue being an actor. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic.
5: And that website you mentioned earlier, asavannahaunting.com, was that right? Yes. So yes. everyone uh, everyone listening should check that out. It sounds like a great film.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I can't wait to watch that. So thank you so much Mark for appearing on the Quantum Leap podcast.
2: Thank you for having me, guys. This is such a pleasure and I wish you guys the best of luck and uh, yeah, hopefully chat again.
0: So how cool was that? I mean, uh, we we got the bad guy for the first time, right?
4: (laughs) Bad guy wasn't (laughs) such a bad guy.
0: Thank you, Mark, so much for being on the show. It's a lot of fun to be able to talk to so many people involved with the series. And I mean, Mark is one of four, I think, that we got for this episode. They'll for sure be coming up on our YouTube channel, the video versions. And uh, some of them might very well air right here on the main feed in future episodes of the podcast. So we're just on a tear with these interviews. I'm loving it. I'm absolutely. I know we say the same thing every week, but it's just like.
5: We are so lucky. real.
0: Just surreal. So, yeah. Um, We're also getting very lucky in the area of patronage. Guys, I have some new patrons to announce and some upgrading patrons to announce. And it's just terrific stuff going on here. Um, The first one I want to celebrate is Dermot Devlin.
3: Hey, we know Dermot. Dermot. Hey,
0: Dermot. Dermot is supporting us at the $5 Leaper level. That means uh, Dermot gets access to all of our bonus content as well as a nifty Quantum Leap podcast uh, book club bookmark. So I can't wait uh, to send that out to him. I love sending out the bookmarks. Yeah. My favorite thing.
4: Dermot is a big voice. Yeah. For uh, Quantum Leap on Twitter, I see him all over the place on there. Uh, I've seen him uh, in his cosplay. He made a Sam yeah. Beckett in the Fermi suit cosplay that he, he was taking around to some conventions. Uh, cool. He's been getting people together to do um, videos talking about you know what Quantum Leap means to them, meant something to him, or means something to him personally. So yeah, really cool, yeah. cool
0: guy. So, yeah. Thank you so much, Sermit, for your support. Uh, we also have a patron named Chris, aka Brackmang. Okay, Chris, a.k.a. Brackmang, thank you for joining us. He joins us at the $20 producer level, which means that you will now hear the words. Special thanks to our producers, Chris, a.k.a. Brackmang, in every episode. Wow.
4: (laughs) Thanks, man. Brickmang. Nice one,
5: Chris, a.k.a. Brackmang. (laughs)
4: <laughs> i love
0: it i mean that and embracing ashes embracing uh my inherent, inherent cringe,
5: cringe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah these are getting
0: more and more and more obtuse every every
5: week oh, I love it. I we, love we're it. gonna get a producer signing up saying my name's christopher de and i smell like a fart aren't we <laughs> <laughs> please do i love i love when people have silly names there's someone in my discord
4: server named gushy's breath it's amazing <laughs> <laughs>
0: So yeah uh, So thank you Dermot Thank you Chris For joining us uh, But they're Thanks, not the guys. only ones Yay. That are um, pitching in We also have an Upgrading patron Mr. Tom Quinn Cosplay Dad himself Our oldest hey. patron I believe Tom has decided That being a $20 producer Is not enough He's upped what? his pledge To $25 a oh, month So That's so
3: Thank dangerous. you Cosplay yeah,
0: Dad Thank you uh, Yeah, We have to create A whole new tier for you It'll be the Tom tier little
4: uh, quantum leap crown
0: (laughs) (laughs) to go with your Al cosplay. You can have we'll have we'll give you the misty deep South crown. How's that?
4: Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) we gotta do uh, fan made um, future boy hats for the top tiers. Yes. (laughs) There we go. So
0: maybe maybe Tom is inspiring me. Maybe we'll figure out some some higher tiers than we already have past producer. But uh, we have to come up with some really cool gifts for that. So, Tom, look, you're inspiring a new generation of uh, us taking the money and running. We (laughs) love it. We love it. (laughs) Thank you so much. And Tom isn't the only one doing like sort of unusual, unprecedented things with contributing to the podcast. Um, We also received a generous one-time donation from a listener named Jason Levitt. Jason, thank you so much. I was thrilled to go to the post office box and get our actual first piece of mail at the post office box. And I opened it and it was from Jason who um, gave us a a generous gift of support he was concerned about just doing sort of a one-time thing and um this is the th- what we came up with just if you want to you can send it to the p.o box and that's what he did so thank you so much jason for thank following you. amazing. Through. Yeah, I, I thank you know all of our patrons, all of our listeners, everybody that supports mm. us. It really makes us feel good to know that the show is reaching so many people in such a positive way. So um, I'm humbled every time, every time we get someone new popping up on the Patreon feed that uh, is just like, hey, I'm liking what you're doing. It's just like, good. I'm glad. I'm so glad that we're resonating with the fan community, because otherwise, why do this, you know?
4: Yeah, there's been a ton of people also uh, active on Twitter uh just talking about the podcast i just wanted to give a quick shout out to everyone there like uh it's really cool we've been reading them and uh there was uh, there was one person who was like i got my my biggest problem after quantum leap bears is deciding which one i'm going to listen to first fate's wide wheel or quantum <laughs> leap podcast got <laughs> so many to choose from <laughs> what a <so. laughs> great
0: problem to have yeah. yeah yeah go to fate's wide wheel they're better than we are so.
4: <laughs> <laughs> They're they not going to th- pull an Allison for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're
0: going to have the real substantive talk, and then you come listen to us when you don't care when you don't care what you hear.
4: <laughs> if you don't want to hear some uh, cowboy accents, <laughs> 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 you know what? I can't say that they never use a cowboy accent. Maybe they've thrown one or two in there. <laughs> I don't want to speak for them.
0: <laughs> By the way, I think it's uh, a good choices to have. Right? Oh, what a, what a problem! Oh no. <laughs> okay. So yeah, that's, that's awesome. great. Yeah, I, the Twitter community is growing. The uh, the Instagram community is growing too. We're almost getting. I think we we topped nine hundred followers, which is wow. I, I think more than double where we were when the reboot. Uh, began so people Congrats are finding us, us there on Instagram yeah. as well. So I know that doesn't seem like a lot, but it's a lot to me. Yeah, no, it is a lot. Yeah, we,
4: we grew a lot on Twitter too. I think we've gotten uh, around a thousand new followers, so we've almost doubled uh, what we had on Twitter before. So really cool. It's nice to
0: make an impact. I'm glad mm. that we're able to sort of engage with a broader community uh, that way. So. Wonderful stuff. We also have a little bit of feedback here. It's funny because this is an email that we got from a listener named Steve Law. And I will start, but uh, I I just have to say, I think Steve and Allison are in cahoots. Uh, This is what Steve (laughs) writes. He titled his email, Hologram and Leap Effect. And I'll begin. He writes, I agree. They're not utilizing Addison as the hologram well at all. It's not just the fact that she stands in the background. Her bland slash beige clothes make her blend into the background. I don't like the sound effects for when she enters. They're too subtle to notice. I think I've heard this somewhere before. Allison, you want to you want pick up? I do not talk about
4: sound effects, but <laughs> all right. All um. right. He continues, Al also loved being the observer. He relished every decade and brought the nostalgia to the original show. He would comment on the fashion he loved. Addison doesn't seem interested at all, which is also (laughs) odd given she was meant to be the Leaper. I'm starting to think Magic or Ian would have been much
5: better choices for the hologram. Also, I may have missed it, but have you discussed the leap effect? I find it a bit flat. Sam's leap was bold, blue, with a memorable SFX. Lastly, the lack of title sequence is disappointing. I am enjoying the show a lot. I liked episode four, but I agree with the points made. Many thanks, Steve. And we've thanks, Steve also Steve. sent a picture of himself, which looks oddly like Alison with a fake mustache stuck to it. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
4: I'm ju- Guy Incognito. <laughs> <laughs>
0: See, but yeah, Alison, I, I wanted to I wanted to um, highlight that that feedback because. I know that you know you are uh, sometimes feeling like you're stinky Allison like that's that's yeah. a new phrase that we've coined since since the <laughs> <laughs> Since the reboot has says premiered, so obviously you know you're feeling like maybe you're you're complaining, and you're not in a bubble is all I wanted to show you there. I mean, there are people, a lot of people who just contact me directly. Friends are just like uh, Allison is saying exactly what I'm thinking. Yeah, you know. Um, well, that's so good to hear.
3: yeah,
4: <laughs> I I mean I sometimes I feel like I'm being a downer. I'm trying to be constructive because like I think there's some people that just like want to be mad just because they're mad you know like they're like i yeah. don't like this because it's woke or you know whatever like i hate just the concept of them continuing quantum leap at all you know it's not that um i want the show to be successful and uh you know as they've proved uh, two of these episodes i've really enjoyed i'm kind of you know i didn't like decent proposal that much but i do think like it was still better than the first two i think that this show is really hitting its stride and uh Yeah. You know, it's good to hear that there's some people agreeing that there's like room for improvement. I think like every first season of a show is like that. They figure out things like this really didn't work out and, and they tweak it until it gets to something that works a little better. Hmm. Hmm. And
0: as far as that room for improvement goes, I agree completely with Steve about the leap effect. I think it's flat too, but I feel oh, like yeah. in, in this episode, we got a little bit more sparkle. It's still very white, it's just a, sort of yeah. this way, but there's sort of like there, there's more of an effect there now. I feel like there's some spinning aspects to it. And for the first time, I think we're also hearing some of the classic leap sound layered in there very subtly where i haven't noticed that in episodes before yeah. and the leap effect evolved all throughout the first and second season
4: oh yeah of, yeah of it's the way original better anyway. when, when the show started when when original quantum leap started it was just sort of a blue highlight and like i don't know i guess yeah it was just like <laughs> a blue highlight yeah. fade to white and then come yeah. back off the white you know and it was yeah i think this has been like a, a product of very rushed not being able to, to complete what they right. want to um because i was just thinking the other day gun to my head you could i could not tell you what the new leap effect looks like because mm. <laughs> yeah. it's just been like nothing it's and just, then they it's do just the, like, a white flash yeah, yeah it doesn't really have a lot of impact because they've continually interrupted the leap out to do you know whatever project wrap up stuff and then cut back to it it's a little jarring mm. as far as like the sound effects and stuff um i don't Mind that they're not using the same ones, just as long as they're doing something memorable and and cool. So I don't know, and, and a lot of people have also complained about the the theme song, the title sequence. But I'm like, I don't want a a two minute title sequence taking further time away yeah. from the uh, from the show. Like I do miss when shows had title sequences like that, but. It, Because of the amount of commercials and the amount of time, plus they're fitting into running storylines, I really think it would just be detrimental. So I I wish the title was a little more memorable than the two second one that they throw out there. But, you know, as far as the theme song, like, I think that would just hurt the show. It
0: would. It would take too much away. And I sort of have headcanon about how and why the leap effect might evolve further as the series progresses, because now Janice is in the system. Um, and they have their own code and they have the old hand link hooked up to it, we might be seeing the leap effect change because the parameters of the program have changed. And as we get more of the old Ziggy in there via that old hand link, maybe we get more of the old leap. Yeah, (laughs) maybe.
4: (laughs) Maybe Although, That's one thing we the, didn't talk about yeah. in this episode. They had Addison hitting the handlink. Yeah, she
0: mm-hmm. her first bona fide handlink whack, she and you heard like it. a it, there wasn't like a squeal or anything, but you did hear a, a reaction from the handlink, yeah. right? Yeah. So yeah. Um, and I'm a hockey puck. Yeah, I'm of a, of a different mind now. I love that we coined hockey puck handlink because it's just kind of a neat thing to say. But I'm also toying with the fact of renaming it
4: the UFO handlink. I kind of like I kind of like both. I feel like hockey puck just feels like the most random, so I kind of like that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Alright, so we'll stick
0: with Hockey Puck Handlink.
4: Yeah, I like the Simon Says comparison also, but it's too, too, <laughs> too mouthy, it's too much, you know, the, the Simon Says handling. <laughs>
0: so we'll, we'll stick with Hockey Puck, but yeah, we got we got some definite Hockey Puck action, and that could be another reason why they're saying that the system is slow because mm. the malware is in there from Janice, and maybe it's picking up some of the characteristics of the Gummy Bear Handlink. All if headcanon, what, but I'd
4: love it. If Ziggy woke up Everything lit up and it was a bunch of disco lights and things just went wild. Like, she's just like, move over, boys. I'm (laughs) taking over the project. And they're like, what is going on? And they just went hog wild. I would love that. I would would be celebrating that. that. Ziggy, get in here. You need to wake everyone up. Turn the lights on in the project, Ziggy, please. Her first her first
0: line is what have you done with my father? And her second line is who in the hell decorated this hole? <laughs>
4: <laughs> and and then all of a sudden just, everything just, just goes neon. <laughs> everything lights up and then it starts playing some disco music, like, don't leave me this way. And then like starts playing, everyone's like, what is going on? And then she just it it cuts out, and then you hear, ugh. <laughs> I thought it would be a bunch of
0: Vangelis <laughs> whale songs. That's what I oh thought Oh
4: no, the whale <laughs> songs! Ziggy's just trying it out. She's trying out different ones. Maybe it's like she goes through a bunch of them like a radio trying to tune in, you know, like until it finally lands on just like...
0: Well, you're welcome, Deborah. You can Beckett. use all of those suggestions. Those are from us to you.
4: Yeah. <laughs> so,
0: but I mean, we will have plenty of time to explore this stuff, I hope, because the big news this week was that the show got picked up for a full season. So.
4: Oh, yeah. That happened after we did the last one. Yeah. yeah. Congrats. So woo-hoo. congrats to everyone Congrats episodes. to us also.
0: Yes. Woo. We're going to be doing this for the next 14 weeks, I guess. Hot dang! Twelve weeks. I can't count. We're on episode I'm five now, so yeah, thirteen more to go. Yeah. Uh, this is this is insane. So cool. Um, wow. Yeah. We yeah, got a the show cut out
4: for uh, us. that shows that NBC you know they got some faith in the show it's had like some some uh drawbacks because they're not a great time slot up against football so the initial uh, views haven't really been what they'd hope they would be but also the show's been doing extremely well I believe uh for NBC it's their number one show in the 18 to 49 demographic yeah Which is really important to the network and it's important to advertisers because that's the the crowd that's most likely to buy their products. So that really affects whether the network decides that this is a show worth keeping around.
0: Yeah. And Mm, obviously they think it is. And um, the fact that they now have faith in it, they might get as the season progresses or as a new season gets ordered, we hope, a better time slot on a better night. So um, now, that, now that it's found legs, they'll have a little bit more faith in it and um, make it more of a heavy hitter. Try to put it into an important spot on the rotation hmm. instead of like a test spot. I feel like a Monday night is like a test spot right?
4: It's like, a, what's the reaction? Yeah. To the well, that's a time slot. Mm. I believe NBC is toying with getting rid of, yeah, like just selling yeah, the to local o'clock. affiliates. So it's not really a coveted one, although it, it could certainly be worse too. It's got a decent lead in with the voice, but yeah, it's kind of hurt it, but uh, streaming numbers have been really good also. Mm. And I think that's because people are going out of their way to check it out on Peacock and watch it afterwards. They're like, I would like to watch football or it's too late, but I want to see what's going on in quantum leap. And the, the first three days of streaming, maybe even the first seven also go into viewing numbers. So right, right. those are important so, to them too. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's why I've been um, watching it on NBC, DVRing it on NBC, <laughs> watching the DVR oh, and then watching the you. Peacock version. <laughs> <laughs> good for you. I'm the one man quantum leap band. I just wanted to succeed. So so good news. Good news there. So yeah. we get at least a full season. And look, if this is the only season, at least they'll have a chance to wrap it up right if this is the if it's a one and done, yeah. we'll hopefully get a complete story. Hopefully, it's just one of many. That's that's uh, wow! Isn't this such exciting good stuff. guys? Such exciting stuff! Mm. Yeah. So, if you out there would like to tell us how you feel about Quantum Leap getting picked up for a full season order, there are many ways that you can do so. You can drop us a line at PO Box five four two bayport new york 11705 you can get us on the phone at 707-847-6682 you can email us at quantum leap podcast at gmail.com you can follow us on facebook at facebook.com slash quantum leap podcast you can hit us up on twitter or instagram at quantum leap pod and you can also see us on youtube at youtube.com slash the quantum leap podcast where all of these episodes air uh I shouldn't say air right Uh they're, they're featured. All of the podcast episodes are featured on YouTube as YouTube versions. So you can hear that here. But you will also see video versions of all of the interviews that we do. And there is also the Quantum Leap After Show that is Albie's baby and he is running with it and they are just going strong over there. Um, they had to release episodes three and four in tandem because of Hurricane Ian. But God, four hours more content. Yeah. Crazy stuff. And yeah, it's not going to be any different this week. Um, You can go after you listen to the show to the YouTube channel and there you will see a video version of the interview with Mark McCullough, as well as God, there might be two or three more video interviews where this is so fast and furious that we've gotten three confirmations, three maybes of people from this episode that we may or may not be talking to. So I don't even want to tell you who we have yeah. because it could be outdated by, by the time the show comes out. But let's just say there's plenty of content a coming and uh, a lot of it will be coming on the main feed. A lot of it will be coming on the YouTube channel. You will have plenty and plenty of Quantum Leap goodness to in, indulge yourselves in. And, uh, you know, we are so happy to be bringing all of it to you. Just remember, if you do respond to us, we may use your responses in an upcoming episode of the Quantum Leap podcast, and speaking of upcoming episodes, this is this is the one I have been waiting. For.
5: <gasps> yeah, <laughs> yeah, so cool. I
0: mean, so
5: we we sort of get to see the original pilot finally. Yeah, what, what's the title of this one? So it it. The title s- seems to currently be Like an Earthquake. Um, a week or so ago, it was being promoted as It's a Disaster! exclamation mark. Um, <laughs> They're
4: just giving people gimmies with that one. Yeah. No, They
5: listened, Alison. They listened to you. They've now changed it to Like an Earthquake. And like the an description earthquake. is Ben and Addison find themselves in San Francisco during the historic 1989 earthquake. As the city continues to crumble with aftershocks, Ben must try to mend a family in chaos. Jen in search for clues to an un Unsettling mystery.
4: Dun dun dun! <laughs> they got to figure out where the Bitcoin is on the dark yeah.
5: web. <laughs> That's what they're doing. Uh,
4: I'm I'm excited to see this one. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how they've rearranged things, reshot things, eighty yeah. yard things, whatever, to try and make this fit where the narrative is at the moment. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. the stuff at the project is easy enough, but uh, yeah, the stuff on the leap's going to be. It's going to be something. Yep. It's
0: going to be something. And uh, I can't Ooh, wait to see Jewel State. Yeah. 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 That'll yeah. be cool. So, yeah. So, guys, I'm looking forward to that. Until that time, I've been Christopher D.
5: Phillips. I've been Allison Bregler. And I've been Matt Dale from the year 2022.
1: <laughs> <laughs> dun, dun, dun.
5: <laughs> see you next time.
1: Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Quantum Leap podcast, hosted by Allison, Matt, and Chris with voice talent and contributions from Hayden McQueenie and Zoe Dean. To support the show, please go to patreon.com slash Podcast. The executive producer of the Quantum Leap podcast is Albert Burge. Christopher DeFilippis and Hayden McQueenie are the co-executive producers. Special thanks to our producers, Chris, a.k.a. Brackmang, Mike Covair, Joshua Burwald, Jeff Kiska, Craig Riedler, Cosplay Dad, Charles Allen Gossard, And Morgan Felden. The thoughts expressed on this podcast are those of the individual and do not necessarily represent those of the Quantum Leap podcast, its partners, or affiliates. The Quantum Leap universe and all it contains is the property of Belisarius Productions and Universal Television. The Quantum Leap podcast is not affiliated with Belisarius Productions or Universal Television, and no copyright infringement is intended. The Quantum Leap podcast is a barren space production.
0: That was a long record. Poor Albie. <laughs>